in Leipzig. Good evening, Great Britain. Sorry, James is talking. Sorry, James. Go on. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> if you want to... <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I thought I had enough time. It's It's absolutely fine. Welcome to the Computer Game Show. Uh, My name is Sean Bell. I'm joined by James Farley. Hello. Uh, Dave and Matt could not be here this week. Well, Dave could be here, but he's chosen not to be. Uh, We've we've just found out. Dave goes on holiday tomorrow, uh, but he wants to get an early night. And Matt is is actually on holiday, I think. So that's valid. Um, But Matt is still going to... Well, we were just saying just before we started the recording, we hope Matt is going to upload the podcast because none of the rest of us know how to do it. So instead of Matt and, <laughs> Matt and Dave, um, we've got Sarah Dyer. Hello. And Sean the boat. Hello, hello. How's it going? Have you both had a nice Easter? Does Easter mean anything to either of you spiritually or leisure-wise? Is it any significance other than time off? No, time off. Mm. And me and my partner got given an Easter egg that was like that big <laughs> <laughs> just for, for everyone listening to the podcast sarah is gesturing the entire height of her webcam it's it's it's, it's bigger it's bigger it's bigger than my head and it has a yeah. crocodile on it cool it's like nice. a croc- you might have seen i think we saw it come up on an advert for like Lidl or audi mm. and it's one of their like giant easter eggs nice so that was pretty good but we did try and go cool. to the british museum on friday uh-huh. And it was closed because of what train strikes. That oh I, yes, I was there another. Okay, was there train well, that's strikes? Valid. There Friday? was train strikes. Yes. <laughs> oh, because like it was perfectly fine for us to get the train into London. So we got to the got to the museum. We were like, oh, you, yeah. Oh. You would assume everything else would be fine. Every, if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else was like all the other. <laughs> everything else was open. Mm. All the other museums were open, but obviously the British Museum is like miles away from everything else. Right. So a mixed Easter for you then? Pretty much, yeah. How about you, Sean? Uh, Easter would usually mean some forms of copious alcohol, like Christmas. Mm. Um, Mm. But luckily this year, um, it was the Star Wars celebration in London. Oh. Yeah, you were at that, weren't you? Yeah, I spent a couple of days there. So the last time it was in 2016 when I last went in Excel. Um, Mm. But yeah, I I spent a couple of days there with my good friend. And Mm. there was lots of announcements and lots of things to buy. And it was generally lovely. Lots of crowds, as you can imagine. But mm-hmm. um, one thing I've definitely noticed, and I, was, I mentioned it at the show, was when you pay like more than 60 quid for a ticket, you don't really get <laughs> a lot of people who are just going to be there to kind of ruin the time because it's not like. Yeah. So it was just literally everyone that was there was all dedicated and lovely. And, you know, it was amazing. So, yeah, I spent, that's how I spent my, uh, my Christmas, my Easter, <laughs> <laughs> almost Christmas. No, far from it. <laughs> Um, how about you both? I mean, James, you you have had bank holidays, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've literally just had this chat, but let's pretend <laughs> to just have it again for the sake of this. <laughs> we we've, as I said, we've had four days of everything being closed, which mm-hmm. is a bit annoying. We mm-hmm. went to see the Mario film on Saturday, which we'll oh, yeah. probably get into later. We will, yes. But also, it was a horrible day. Um, apart oh, from seeing Mario, because uh, the whole thing about German, like, uh, you know, trains being very efficient and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not really true. And <laughs> it's like, it re- like recently in particular, it's really not true. And mm-hmm. like, we were trying to get home and it took us, you see, normally it's a 45 minute journey and it took us about mm-hmm. three and a half hours um, wow. because there was continuous cancellations of trains. And, Brilliant. you know, it was, and also there's these ominous messages. Like it says things like police involved. 
Like things dizzy on like you're like <laughs> okay. Wow. And then, there, then later on, there was people on the line like this, and so it's like, oh, hang <laughs> on, no, no, I know, I thought it could be that, but it wasn't. I checked. Okay, it's uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. Okay. It was. It's also because there was football supporters that were doing things. Um, yeah, <laughs> doing but, things, just doing yeah. things, yeah. ominous cool. things. Well, let's just leave being, that. Just being yeah. silly there. little guys. <laughs> but either way, it's not not been very efficient recently, and uh, yeah, a bit bit annoying. So it's still cheap, though, right? Yes, it's very cheap. Well, yeah, that's go. true. That's, yeah, that's it's something. Forty-five right. euros for a month, but you know. <laughs> wow. We should start the show by thanking our Patreon producers for this month. They are Aaron Patrick, the QuickBooks chap, Simon Nelson, Jack Oven, Moomin Biscuit, Trans Rights of Human Rights, Dave Ernsberger, Colin Brown, Gasman, Rocketman seventy six, Grey Dragon Claw, Smooth Monkey, Don Whiskerando, Colin Smith, Richard Sawyer, John Tempelli, Jackie Sniper, Gordon Garrow, brackets Safe as Records, Sam Higton, Freelance Police and Steve Garrett, the slow Kindle bloke. They all went to patreon.com forward slash TCGS and went full Nels. You can do that if you want, or you can go one of the lower tiers and just get a bonus podcast or a bonus video thing. Are we, James, are we doing for your consideration this month? Yes, we are. Good. Because um, I've also, to it. <laughs> I've got, see, I've got some suggestions that I want to run by you. Yeah. Um, yeah, before, because I think I, I understand that there needs to be a level of quality control for this. But I think it may be a good idea if we have a look at it together. Because, maybe, there, you know, maybe, maybe there doesn't need to be any any well, quality control. Know, it's uh, you know I just don't want it to. I don't because I'm quite excited about this idea, and I don't want it to be a disaster. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's so, funnier if it is a disaster though. Uh, yeah, but there's disa- something really rubbish. <laughs> but you can have a good disaster and a bad disaster. Okay, I don't want it to be a bad disaster. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Johnston UK in the chat is saying they've been left off the full Nels list. I will have to investigate that separately, Johnston. I am sorry. Matt's not. Matt usually does this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am truly sorry if that is a, that is a genuine error. Um, but yeah, and obviously, yeah, so we'll, we will also do um, a bonus podcast this month at some point. We haven't set a date yet. Um, I'll probably talk about my bladder if anyone's keen, if anyone wants to pay money to hear about that. I, Probably not. Uh, I'm just going to set you know. myself a reminder to cancel for this month then. You see, well, it's too late. You've already paid for this month, so you're getting it whether Damn. you like it or not. So. Got to listen to it now. Yep. <sighs> um, but I'll also talk about getting a new poppy, so oh, okay. roundabouts. Right, feedback. I mean, James, you weren't here last week. What did you True. make of it? I, I mean, I obviously enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I thought it was a very good show. You know, I know it was, was brilliant. I really enjoyed him being on. It was, it was very good. Um, I did have two points. Um, okay, that I wanted to bring up. I mean, mm. they're, they're not even negative points or anything at all. I mean, mm. what, there was one of the questions about whether, you know, who would like to go to space. That was <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the question. Yeah. 100% I'd do that. Would like, you? 100% <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be wanting to do that, yeah. If I could leave this earth, I'd be very happy with doing that. <laughs> you know, I w- wouldn't it's, care it, about it, the it risks. Sounds, it sounds like it's not about just going to space it's more just getting the hell away from this planet for you exactly I, I think but no not just that though i mean i've always been absolutely fascinated by space and i just i'd love to go there and if it meant risking my life within reasonable bounds then i would <laughs> i would definitely be up to doing that i think so if they great. could give you like a percentage chance of death or injury yeah what's the maximum you'd accept um, I'd accept I'd like thirty or forty percent. Oh my god! Wow. It's gonna, you know, oh you know. my god, James is yeah. gonna die in space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, I'd love to do it. I think it'd yeah. be brilliant, you know, just yeah. to get away from this. I think it'd be fun. 
Uh, anyway, uh, the other <laughs> thing was that um, yeah, I was kind of I was gutted actually last week to miss the show mm-hmm. because because of all the stuff around Jeff Keighley. I wanted to talk about him. Um, I do and, love, you know, you do love stuff. Jeff Keighley. I do. I love Jeff. I think he's amazing. <laughs> and, and so I was disappointed that I didn't get the chance to talk about that. And uh, but it's all right because David did a, a good job, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's all good. Cool. Right. Um, the listeners. So we've got Karen from Camp. Uh, who says, I know it's probably never going to happen, and I think I've said this before, but I really feel like everyone that isn't Dr. Boomstick should really go back and finish the Telltale The Walking Dead series. The final season is just so good, IMO, and as the captain of Canterbury once said, it evokes a combination of season one as well as Life is Strange season two. I get that it's a lot, especially if you want to play all the episodes you missed in between the first and the final, but it's worth it. Bong! That's <laughs> fair enough. James, any... Anything to add? I mean, I'm I'm not. I'm never going to do this. I know you're not, but it's a shame because it is mm. excellent. Like mm. they are really, really good games, actually, and especially mm-hmm. like the way that they ended the series off was fantastic. And, I was going to uh, say, and because that and that beat all the odds to finish mm. on a, a high, right? Because like, what was the situation? So they, I mean, they got shut down like halfway through the season. Is that right? Yes. And then they managed to. Yeah, they managed to get enough people together to finish it off yeah. under a new publisher. Because it was Skydance, um, wasn't it? I think was it Skydance. Yes. Yeah, who yeah, yeah, yeah. who took it um, over the whole thing, and then mm-hmm. they, you know, made it happen, and it was mm-hmm. really good. Like as you said, like way better than you'd have expected considering the the situation, and yep. uh, and it was a really nice way to to end the series as well. And it's just mm-hmm. a shame because it it does feel like one of those series whereby it was a big hit when it first came out. People loved it. Everyone was you know going on about game of the year and all that kind of stuff, and then. It kind of had a bit of sort of missteps with the second series of it, but then mm-hmm. which meant that people just kind of forgot about it and didn't bother. And for those of us that did, you know, continue on with it, it, it was excellent, like really mm-hmm. very good and very very solid. You know, by the end, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd re- it's not they're not even that long, Sean. I, if you've got nothing to do, you know, it's easy. Was was that final season the one that had a new protagonists in it? No, uh, it's uh, well, it, it still goes back to Clementine again, um, mm. but then there are obviously. Quite a lot of cast changes and things that, that changed because of the story. But um, no, it was excellent. Cool. Michael says, hello, other Michael. Can we be civil unlike all these Stuart pricks? I really hope your speech goes well. Everyone is usually half cut by the time you do your speech and they all know how difficult it is anyhow. So try not to worry. You'll nail it. Amazing show of solidarity between the Michaels, unlike the Stuarts. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the thing about everyone being half cut, does that not embolden some people to speak up at wedding reception and be like, and and start heckling? I think so. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that, that hasn't be, been my experience. Risk. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, th- I wonder if other Michael will actually write in and let us know how that went. It'd be interesting. Man, I remember a wedding I went to in China with this, and it was it was it was terrible because it went on all day, and <laughs> also everyone and like. Chen wasn't there because she was back in the UK and I was there on my own and I went mm. to this wedding and it was this guy who kept on dancing all the time and kept on shouting at me that he wanted to dance as well. And I was pretending... Not, not with you, just in general? No, 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 with me as oh, well. Okay. Like he was, he was quite keen on this idea. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was. I, I remember then going back on the bus and like, because we had to take this bus, you know, because it was out in the countryside. And I remember just sitting there, like just like hiding as much as possible <laughs> because he kept on just shouting, "Lawe, Lawe, come up here!" Like this kind of thing, which is like foreigner, you know, like, like come up here. Brilliant. And just like, pretending I didn't know who he was. It was very strange. See, because yeah. I, yeah, because I don't dance uh, well ever, but especially at weddings. Um, yeah. And there's like there's some pe- you know there's like some people who will insist on trying to get you to do it because they genuinely just think you need a bit of a helping hand. And I'm like, no. 
I just don't want to. Please leave it alone. But then there's people like Dave um, who are like, I'll specifically just doing it to wind you up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like David. No, no, it's, no, it's, yeah, it's very, very unlike him, to be mm. honest. Um, but yeah, I think I, at least at least Dave's honest with his intentions and is not completely mm. misreading the situation like the first group. Would you, would you both say if there was enough Dutch courage in you both, you still wouldn't dance? Or Well, I don't drink, you see. That's the problem. Yes, of so, yeah. I do drink and I still wouldn't dance. Weddings are going to be the best time to kind of be like, no, you know what? I'm going to get up and dance because ev- no one can dance at weddings. <laughs> True. And most people are hammered. So basically yeah. no one's going to remember anyway. Exactly. Yeah, but you could, you could dance or you could slide along the floor on your knees. That's more fun. That's, oh, that is a dance. <laughs> yes. That is the dance. I feel, like, the- I, feel, I feel like if I did that, my knees, like, did. The, the entire thing would just like crumble into dust. Yeah, plus if you're wearing tights, that's or, or even just nice trousers that you don't want to fuck up. Do you know what I mean? That's just not a good idea. <laughs> Seamus says, "Hey guys, bit of feedback on last week's show when discussing favourite games you've never played. Did Dave really say the phrase What's Dwarf Fortress?'" Yeah, of course he did. He doesn't know what Dwarf Fortress is, even though it's sold like millions of copies and it's been around for like ten years. Is this like a Go Warhammer on. thing? No, it's um, okay. it, it's one of these like incredibly detailed sort of management slash life simulators where you run a, a dwarf fortress. <laughs> so um, I, I I bought it when okay. I, I saw I saw this I saw this on the dock and mm-hmm. yeah, so I I just kind of in my mind I thought it was something like Dungeon Keeper mm-hmm. and I used to love Dungeon Keeper. So I was mm-hmm. like, that reminds me, I'm going to go buy a Dwarf Fortress. And then mm-hmm. before we started recording, I think I got to maybe the fifth or sixth step of the tutorial and went, <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's, <laughs> there, it's is, intense. there is too much going on here. I'm probably going to refund it. <laughs> oh, really? You're giving up? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's meant to be amazing. I've still not played it. I've, I've bought it and still not actually played it. I'm, um, I can, I can I definitely see how people think it's amazing mm. but for me it was i was like this is this is far too overwhelming i yeah i can't get on with it at all if, if, I, if i'd got it if i'd got it in the sale i probably would keep it but mm-hmm. i paid like 25 pound for it so mm-hmm. yeah i probably will refund it but you know mm. they've they've posted all their sales stats on mm. twitter Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad about refunding it. I've seen how much money they've made and how many copies yeah. they've sold. One yeah. refund's not going to hurt them. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of an, an amazing story because it's basically two guys that made it, right? And they've been sort of doing it in their spare time for like a decade, possibly longer. And then it finally got a Steam release like a couple of months back and now they're multi-millionaires. Yeah, fair, fair play. <laughs> Very happy for them. Um, if you if you like the look of it, Sarah, but it seemed a bit much, have a look at RimWorld because that's like a sort of sci-fi take on the same thing and it's not quite as in-depth. Um, and it's just like, it's just amazing at generating weird stories. Um, I yeah, highly recommend it. I might just, I might just see, I might just buy Dungeon Keeper again. Just <laughs> play that, Dungeon Keeper instead. Yeah, yeah. Always an option. The, sorry, I just sorry. That's just giving me a weird flashback. The like bondage dungeons. 
Yes. That was what? a weird thing to see when I was like 12. Dungeon Gear, yeah, with the Dominatrix yeah. and the torture rooms. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a good thing, that. right? Didn't it like make your units stronger by getting tortured or something? Yeah, well, you used to have some units that used to go in there for fun, but it was used as a room yes. to take the, the the good guys to kind of break their morale or something oh, like that. But you used to have it. your own units go in there for fun. Yes. And yeah, that was very oh, difficult to try and yeah. work out yeah, why. Yeah, because they're... They're demons, so they enjoy the things that the good people wouldn't enjoy. Yes. <laughs> yes. This, this is a Molyneux thing, right? Yeah, this is a Molyneux game, yeah. yeah. Did he work on the second one? I can't remember. He definitely works on the first, the first one. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, Living It Listener just says, I fucking love Inel. That is all. Correct opinion. I always, I don't know, James, I don't know if you had the same thing, because so the first time Inel was on, it was me that missed it, and I was... Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I said on the show, like, I listening back to it, I was just absolutely gutted that I wasn't there for it. Did you have the same? Do you have FOMO listening to it? Of course. And then yeah. you get the whole, uh, I, I could just be replaced, like, really <laughs> easily. <laughs> I mean, if I know, I mean, there's two things. It's one is, yeah, like, it's just, he's an, he's an amazing presence on the show anyway. And the other thing is, for anyone who watched the video version, I think he might have emboldened me to try putting my hood up over my headphones. <laughs> I think I've always assumed. That's just not done. And then I saw him do it and he looked really cool. So I might copy him. <laughs> the last bit of feedback we have comes from Major Tim Peake. He says, hi, lads. Major Tim Peake here. Long time slash first time, etc. As someone who spent time on the International Space Station, I'd just like to let you know that it's actually incredibly similar to the VR version. Motion sickness is a real problem in space. If you start feeling a bit green, you risk making a mess all over the space floor, the space walls, the space ceiling, and in every space nook and space cranny. And with only one space mop on board, you really want to avoid that. To get around being reacquainted with our astronaut lunches in zero G, we undergo months of training to quickly warp between one spot and another. I'll tell you, though, it's a difficult habit to break once we're back on old mama Earth. (laughs) The other day I was in B&Q and instinctively went to zip up to a high shelf, completely forgot gravity was a thing, and ended up with copper pipe fittings all over the place. (laughs) I mean, thanks, thanks, uh, Major Peak, for sending that in. Um, That was obviously in response to... Was it Dave and I were talking about... Yeah, so he was he was getting really motion sick playing that International Space Station sim, mm-hmm. which I've still not tried. Um, but yeah, so it's good to get that from Major Tim Peake himself. I mean, it wouldn't couldn't possibly not be him. It's I mean, got I just his name I was it, so. I was suspicious. Yeah. Um, about this, I just like you know did a Wikipedia search for the name, mm-hmm. yeah. and he is still a major. Is so he? I think I think this is legit. They got the okay, and it couldn't yeah. possibly be that whoever sent this in just googled it themselves. Well, I mean, to 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 back <laughs> to back up that it is that it is actually him. So there's mm-hmm. there's there's kind of arguments for and against within like the statements. So it's like about forgetting gravity is a thing. Like mm-hmm. there are loads of videos of astronauts because obviously when you're when you're in space, you can just like if you've got like a cup or a pen or something, and you need to, you can just let it go and then like pick mm-hmm. it out of the air i guess yeah, yeah um and then just carry on. but like when they get back onto earth there's clips of yeah like they'll just be like doing something with a pen and then they'll just like let go of drop it, it. <laughs> and th- yeah amazing. and it'll drop but then but then the whole they just thing... look must look so rude <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, oh, i don't need this uh, drop it <laughs> it's amazing it's yeah, so... but then but then the whole thing about throwing up all over everywhere mm-hmm if you throw up, won't it just float? Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it would. It'd be like a like a ball. Well, I guess it'd be like a stream. It would, yeah. In a direction it would, as well. 
And the, yeah. Uh, Major Peak, if you're still listening, if you could write in and tell us what please sick explain- is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, please explain to us the physics yeah. of yeah. vomit in space. Because obviously we've all seen them like messing around with like water, right? So yeah, it's like a yeah. little blob and you can just like suck it up. So it's, yeah, is it's sick in space the opposite of that? Yeah, because surely <laughs> while it's floating around in like the book, you could like, I don't know, get like a carrier bag and like... Yeah, <laughs> I'm just and... thinking because of obviously the force with which it comes out, does that mean it's just going to be loads of blobs going everywhere uh... rather than like one? You need Do like you know... a net to catch it. Go on, James, sorry. I think this is him because he has done <laughs> oh, PR work for B&Q. So you are, you are kidding me. I just Googled Tim <laughs> Lee. Fuck Tim, off. Tim <laughs> B&Q. Right, well, that makes sense. It's, um, def- it's definitely him then. That's like, it's definitely yeah. him. And, yeah. also, and also, if we're talking about, you know, space physics, mm-hmm. you should probably take the word of someone who's actually been there over me who's just watched some... TikToks, <laughs> space TikTok. I think it's so... completely legitimate source of information. I wouldn't ever, wouldn't ever question that. That's it for feedback. Um, if you want to leave us feedback, go to tcgs.co forward slash dear tcgs. James, what's going on in the world? All sorts, all sorts. All sorts. Go-, <laughs> go on. It's going on in the I world. mean, I've seen the first story, and I cannot wait. <laughs> I mean, I saw this story, and I thought this has got to be the lead. Like, this has got to be the lead story for this. So, um, Phil Harrison has left Google. Um, so, we know this because he's updated his LinkedIn profile. Oh, and he says that he's not at Google anymore. <laughs> but he hasn't said where he's going next. Uh, so, but the, this is the weird thing, though, right? Because Business Insider said that he'd left in January, but mm-hmm. his LinkedIn says that it was in April. So, there's something, yeah, something going on there. Yeah. Blimey. Maybe, maybe he just didn't change the date. Maybe maybe Phil's not very good at LinkedIn and didn't realise that you could actually change the date of when you've left to like backdate it. I mean, if he was good at LinkedIn, it'd be the first thing he's provably good at. Yeah, so exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Or he could just be on gardening leave for three months and that ties up. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's the most reasonable explanation. Or he could just not give a shit and he'll be like, April, January, April. Yeah. Who cares? Time is meaningless to I mean, Harrison. Yeah. Where also, is he going next? That's the thing. And it's got to be something to do with crypto or I'll NFT, be- doesn't it? <laughs> oh, no. Well, good, because he'll bring it down from the inside. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's already... I'd, I'd, say, I'd say it's already fallen pretty badly. True. Yeah, because what what Phil Harrison does is he only joins companies that, like, all they really need to do is just kind of keep ticking over and just make the obvious choices and they'll probably succeed. And he somehow manages to get that wrong. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> for those, I don't know if I've, have we talked about Phil Harrison much on the show before? We probably have. We've mentioned him, yeah. It's, you know, I don't know him, but I kind of despise him because <laughs> he kind of typifies, <laughs> like everything he works on turns to shit, right? During that's, his I don't think that's entirely fair. He was, at, he was at PlayStation for 16 years and there was the ducks and all sorts <laughs> during that time. Yeah, but you sales know? wise, PS3. Yeah. I, right. I can't. I kind of just see him as someone who goes into companies mm-hmm. and just kind of exists there for a bit. Yeah. And then leaves because yeah. But coincidentally, you say, like, he's always there when things start to go worse. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think I Xbox think One. I think he's just because you know yeah even when whether things are going like well or mm. if they're going badly 
that's never down to like just one person. Mm. So, and the fact that he, but has he is been always with com- there. Yeah. When he goes so, just... in the case of Xbox One, you're, what you're saying there is you're saying that was Matrix and him combined. Is yes. what, what, what. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then he went. I mean, he obviously, he did. I think he, he didn't he have a stint at Atari. Um, yes. When they, yeah. yeah. When they were publishing stuff, um, yeah. they did that Alone in the Dark remake that no one liked. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then, then he was at Stadia, and we know how that played out. You- it just it, it just winds me up because he it seems like he's one of those figures who just goes from failure to failure to failure and just keeps getting hired. Yeah, by people, and it winds me up really badly. <laughs> I got a question. Do you think he's actually headhunted by these companies, or he's applying? Because someone in recruitment must see his application come through and be like, he's got a bad threat record. Whereas if he's being headhunted, someone is yeah. probably trying to sabotage their own company from the inside. <laughs> so it's one of the two. Someone should see it come in and listen to their community managers and be like, ah, this is this guy's bad news. Or yeah, someone just isn't in touch or, with stuff. Or he's got dirt on people. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Jeez, oh, don't think of that one. He's got a network of, of spies. I mean, when you're, when you're at like Phil Harrison level career-wise, yeah, mm. like how, how do you apply for a job? You don't see it on Reed. No, no, no. Look, we already know that he's using LinkedIn. Maybe he saw it on there. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I just I can't imagine someone at his Head level being stadium. like, oh, man, I need to update my CV now. <laughs> Can I get Opening something? Word and be like, oh, try change that. Left stage, left stage you're in January, April, who knows? <laughs> Asking people. <laughs> oh, tries, what did tries, I do? What, tries, what, what? Moving, tries like moving things down a bit to add in a couple <laughs> new lines of like whatever he's doing now and it just breaks the formatting of the entire thing so then he just has to start again and just copying and yeah. pasting everything over or does, or does he have like does he, he have up, a then pa he up, then he uploads it and then he's got to fill out all the information again <laughs> he tries to save it as a pdf and it fucks up all the formatting again and it just, <laughs> just then he realizes yeah, like, he should have used tables to uh, to organize everything that's so true. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that is okay. yeah. I, I i started doing that very recently and i will never mm. never do another cv no, without I know, <laughs> I know what's happened he's been at google all this time he hasn't got microsoft office anymore he's been using google docs but he forgot his cv is in word format <laughs> <laughs> and he's tried to upload it, and it's just an absolute mess. Or, he's going to be at this for ages. Or it's all saved in his work Google account. It's, um, it's all no saved in his work to. Google Drive that he can't yeah. get into anymore. <laughs> I can just picture him oh, uploading one of those uh, Twitter updates to your bios, like deleting where you asked were, <laughs> and then a new, everyone in the newcomers getting anxiety, like, please don't put my mm. company name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, best of luck to him, I guess. Um, I mean, it's no surprise that he's left, right? Well, no, there's um, nothing left to, to be the head of anymore, is no. there? No, there yeah, wait, but, so what has he been doing? He's been the well, head of Stadia. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, because, sorry, time has basically just turned into mush. Stadia, Stadia <laughs> shut down in January, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. For some oh, reason, right, I okay, thought so it's been shut down sense. way longer. And yeah, he's only... Same. It's felt like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. What's the next? Too soon. (laughs) So anyway, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie has done very well at the Mm. box office, and uh, so according to Hollywood Reporter, uh, it's made 195 million in its first five-day opening period in the US, Mm -hmm. and it's the second best launch of all time for an animated film in the US 
uh, behind The Incredibles 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. Blimey. The Incredibles 2, that was the... Yeah, it did what very a well in the US. strange watermark. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, should we get into it, James? We could. I mean, see, we see. I went to see this, and I read all like the, the reviews, which mm. are obviously not very glowing. But then, as this article says, this is from Video Games Chronicle, like PGC. Mm-hmm. They said, like the like amongst professional critics, it's got like fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But then, according to people that have you know have gone to see it, it's at ninety six percent. You know, like sort of approval rating. So there is like a bit of a division there between yeah. that and I don't know. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean so, Sarah have and Sean, it? have you seen it? Not yet. The so, only, the only film. There's. It seems like every couple of weeks, something new that I really want to see at the cinema is coming out, and the only thing I've actually gone to see is John Wick. Oh, I want to see that. Amazing. But yeah, <laughs> I, I saw it on uh, Wednesday at launch over here. Um, How did you? Because a big part of it for James and I is that we saw it with our kids. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that was a big source of enjoyment. Yeah, I, but I wasn't sure how it would play without a child being there. <laughs> I, I saw your tweet about it's mm-hmm. greater if you have kids. Yeah. Um, so I went with my good friend and his two kids, and the cinema was completely okay. filled with families. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to agree with your point, Sean, as well as mm-hmm. I saw Matt point out something similar. I just came from, so as Sarah mentioned, there's something every two weeks. So I came from seeing mm-hmm. John Wick 4, which was mind-blowing, and then mm-hmm. the Dungeons & Dragons film, which was also amazing. Mm-hmm. Um but this film, um, it's definitely for kids. Like I think, as adults, mm. the writing could have been tighter. It was, yeah, it was scary how many times the word "Mamma Mia" was <laughs> mentioned <laughs> in it. And I was like, this is very good for fan service. It was wonderful. It was the most beautiful film I've seen in a long time, and the music mm. was probably my my highlight. But yep. um, yeah, I, it it didn't do it. It didn't do it. It didn't. I don't know. I think it. I don't. I think the reason why I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have. Is because it probably wasn't aimed for someone like, and mm. I got all of the references. It was lovely, it was beautiful. But coming back from coming off the previous two films I saw, um, mm-hmm. I just wish the, t- the story was that you know, even if it had any more innuendo or this, you know, how was Shrek had where mm-hmm. it had yeah, yeah, something yeah. for adults and then stuff for the kids, like the mm-hmm. perfect balance. Um, yeah. and it, I, it <clears throat> as an origins kind of film, I don't mm. think I really needed that as a Mario film. I mean, it's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, other three films, that was probably not my, my cup of tea, but. You know, mm. it was fun. And the kids, they all loved it anyway. So it goes mm. to show maybe it was for a younger audience there. It's, yeah, like the thing that bothers me is, yeah, like a lot of, you know, a lot of the response to the criticism has been like, yeah, but it's a kid's film. And it's like, yeah, but kids' films are really good now that, and have the, been for yeah. like 10 years, I think, like at least. Like, <laughs> I, think ever since, I think ever since the Lego movie. Yes. Mm. I think yeah, that was... Yeah, I'd say that was probably the first sort of kids film based Mm -hmm. on, you know, another thing Mm -hmm. that shouldn't have worked. Yeah, like it's a film about toys, but not only is it funny, but it actually has like something to say. There is a message that is relevant to kids and adults. It's like, you know, the the whole thing about like, don't be a dick about building everything properly and keeping it pristine and all that stuff but you know and it like it's like directly critical of like the way lego's gone in in the last few decades right um so yeah so and, and in comparison to something like super mario brothers movie it like just felt quite flat for me it was just it was a series of things that i enjoyed looking at and hearing but it said nothing 
like yeah, it there was, was sorry, there was absolutely there was absolutely no hook really to this film. Like yeah. I would say, you know, yeah. anything that would and as you said, there are children's films can be significantly better than this. Mm-hmm. Like they really, they really, yeah, it's it's mm. missing. It was missing a lot, like in yeah. in in terms of you know character and plotting and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I mean, I did. I enjoyed watching it because mm. it was fun to see, you know, all the characters in those sort of, you know, in the environments mm. that we've all seen and everything. Mm. But yeah, it, it to me, it felt like watching, you know, like the the opening cutscenes that you get from like the three D Mario games, like Mario yeah. Galaxy and stuff like that. Yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. like an elongated version of that. <laughs> of like, it's like you know, like imagine you're not going to play this and mm. we're just going to watch what's happening. That's what you're getting. Mm. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that because those cutscenes are often pretty good. You know, they're, mm. they're often like reasonably funny, but this wasn't, I wouldn't say this was particularly funny either, but it was, it was, mm. it was completely fine and inoffensive <laughs> is, is what I would say about the film. And, yeah. and as I said, the kids loved it. They thought it was brilliant. You know, mm. they, and, but Chen loved it as well, and because mm-hmm. she was watching it and just going, she's like getting all the references and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, she she dug it for that reason. But yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I mean, they could have done more with it, but yeah. I think they just played it incredibly safe. And yeah. going from the first Mario film, you can kind of maybe <laughs> I mean, see why. Because yeah. <laughs> well, this, this is the the other interesting point, isn't it? Is that there's the, we've now embarked on this this weird sort of reappraisal. Uh, of the yeah. Bob Hoskins one, mm. <laughs> which I mean, that, to be fair, like I'd seen people doing this like a year or two ago, yeah, being like, you know, if, if you detach from like what you would want to expect from a Mario movie, like there are interesting things about the Bob Hoskins See, one. But this on, is the point I was going to make because yeah. the thing about this, right, is that yes, I would, I'm one of those people that would say that the mm. first Super Mario Brothers film. Mm is an interesting film. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not mean it's a good film by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. It's yeah. a terrible film. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that they tried to interpret it in the way that they did. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about that. But that doesn't make it good and it doesn't make it worth reappraising, I don't think, particularly <laughs> yeah. because like, I think it's, it, like it's it, still shit. I think it's interesting in that, like, looking at the Bob Hoskins one now in comparison to the one we've just got, it's like you can now look at the Bob Hoskins one and, and be like, oh, this was like a weird departure from the norm. Whereas actually it's like, no, that was the only Mario Brothers film for like yeah. 25 years or whatever. Like this was the Mario Brothers film for so mm-hmm. long. And it, it didn't exist as like a, a weird quirky counterpart to like a main thing. It was no, the but only it did. thing. No, it did to a degree though, because there were a whole bunch of like cartoons as well during that time. That, that, yeah, like Mario, that Mario cartoons yeah. Yeah. that were much more sort of standard like... You know, I mean, they were mm-hmm. awful as well, mm-hmm. but they were still just generally more like, uh, you know, like Mario, yeah, you know, than uh, than that film was. Yeah, but yeah. like, you you know, you watch that film, and it is interesting to think like, how did you get from like this to yeah. this? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, from that, that's what's that's what's fascinating. But as I said, mm-hmm. that doesn't make it good though. No, it's just, no. it's just, uh, and yeah, and like, although I have negative things to say about the new film, the fact that like some reviews are like, oh, it'll have you wishing you were watching the Bob Hoskins one instead. Nah, <laughs> nah come on. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> But yeah, yeah I mean, I, like I say, yeah, same as you, James. Like we did have a good time. Like Isaac loved it. Um, like literally, it's like we came out of the screen. He was just like shouting at people in the lobby that we just saw the Mario Brothers movie, and Aww. it was amazing. And then he saw a John Wick four poster and started laughing at him because he was holding his gun upside down. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, five year old taking the piss out of John Wick. That's a good move. See, Asher um, came out and saw that and was like, "Can we go and see that next?" And I was <laughs> absolutely I was like, not. <laughs> He said about five or six times this week, can I watch John Wick? And I'm like, no, you can't. 
absolutely not. You're 10 years old. Uh, I mean, what's the worry about showing? Because how old's Asher now? Is he like 10? He's 10. He's 10. 10. Is is the worry that he will find it traumatizing or that he'll he'll think it's really cool? I think it's more the worry that he'll think it's really cool. That's that's the thing. Does Asher Um, play Fortnite? Because John Wick appears in Fortnite as a skin, so I'm just wondering where he probably got that inspiration. I mean, the poster, but John Wick is in Fortnite and, you know. Mm -hmm kids no he, he doesn't i mean he's he's installed it and tried it a couple of times but he's i mean i, I said on the show like one time he, he just said like i don't want to play this because i don't want to get addicted to it and so, so he just said i'm not gonna play it and he's, he's <laughs> not. still really impressive yeah yeah um, strange but yeah but yeah so yeah so the mario brothers movie made a load of money which it, it was always going to and i don't mean that in like a shitty way like it's it's clearly it's enjoyable to enough people that deserves to make a load of money um i just yeah i I do feel like we could have asked more from it Mm -hmm. um and like you know people saying all right this is it now like mario brothers cinematic universe here we go like no because there's not enough to this to like spark the imagination is there it's not like well like that's that's kind of why i've been thinking like listening to Mm. what you guys have been saying and like Mm -hmm. so so much of what people love about mario Mm -hmm. is playing the games right yeah like the story of mario Mm -hmm. there's not really much of a story Mm -hmm. granted in like the rpgs and you know there's a bit more of a story to it but it's Mm -hmm. it's never anything like super emotional or super hard hitting mm. like a mm. lot of what people love about mario is actually like the just how good it feels to play and the mm. moment you kind of take that away whereas something like lego you could argue that lego's always especially like with how they put themselves across as a brand mm. they've always lent into that that it's more than this is just going to be probably the wankiest thing i've ever said (laughs) but it's more than just the like physical bricks it's you know being able it it, it makes me think of that uh advert the like a4 size advert that they had running in like the 70s of a really kind of like tomboyish looking girl and i can't remember what the tagline was but it was kind of something along the lines of you know she can be whoever she wants to be because she's playing with lego and she can build whatever Mm -hmm. she wants Mm -hmm. so that so easily lends itself to the story that was told in the lego movie whereas like with mario like oh they gotta go defeat bowser (laughs) what else i don't i unless they did go weird and meta and mm. did something kind of fourth wall breaking y like they did in the Lego movie. Mm. I don't really know what yeah. you see that's that's what they could have done if they'd have followed like Paper Mario or something like that, because those games yeah. do do that. Like mm-hmm. they do like all the you know breaking the fourth wall and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, and it's but the trouble is is that it wouldn't the, the character of Mario in those games is not very vocal, doesn't mm-hmm. say anything really much, and is kind of just uh, it's the characters around him that you're that are interesting and that you bounce off. Mm-hmm. But you see, I'd have the same problem with this. I was thinking about this if they're gonna do a Zelda film, which almost certainly they're going to at some point, if they treat that in the same way they've treated this that will also be not very good i don't think because no. if you think of like think of something like um you know like a greener of time like you mm. think of you know that's it's got a reasonable story but it's not a an amazing like character driven story do you know yeah. what i mean it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's more about the journey that you're on than the the people you meet or anything you know really there's not you know it's not 
very, very engaging. So mm. that's what worries me about this, is they're just going to continue adapting them in such a sort of mm. basic way. That's, mm. a, that's a problem. I mean, even if you take mm. something like Metroid, which, which could be fantastic mm. for, like, you know, some, for like a, a film experience because of the, you know, the atmosphere and all that kind of thing. Again, there's not much there, really. Mm. You'd have to build off it. Um, yeah. I mean, so with, with Zelda... The the problem the problem for me personally with Zelda is I think you can still find it on YouTube. Someone did um, Ocarina of Time if it was made by Ghibli, and it's essentially the okay. opening like the when you first load the game up before it cuts to like the press start screen. Um, basically, someone made that entire little section in the style of like a Studio Ghibli anime, and it's one of the most mm. beautiful things I've ever seen. Cool. And if the film if a Zelda film is made and it's not that, it's it's going to be terrible. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, basically a full version of that short film is the only way I would be happy with mm-hmm. a Zelda film. I do think, though, with Metroid, I think that could work. Even, like, the silent protagonist. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because, like, we just mentioned about, like, John Wick. Mm-hmm. How many lines does he actually have mm-hmm. in That's the new point. film? In all yeah, the films, yeah, yeah. like he yeah. has so few lines. So that could kind of work if you just went real heavy on the atmosphere and the tension and then break it up with some really, really, really cool uh, sort of action fight scenes where mm. she's blasting loads of aliens and stuff. I think that could work mm. if you had the right team behind it but yeah zelda i would be happy if that was never made into a film <laughs> it will be uh, I, I, mean, you could, I, I mean like lots I of like it. with metroid you're right though like if you had lots of like visual storytelling as well like, mm. rather than having mm. to have characters explaining things it yeah. could it could work which again but, um, which again would be fitting with the games as well not that yeah. they're i mean they're not like dark souls right they're mm. not like full of like lore and and little you know clues and stuff but yeah it's about the the experience of it and the yeah like i say there's the very little explicit story mm-hmm. but it's just the, the feeling you get from it the weird sort of isolation and exploration of it i don't know okay should we move on yes because miyamoto doesn't like making mobile games does he not no He's not. He's not a huge fan. Okay. Uh, so he he was speaking. Uh, to, I think it was to Variety uh, earlier in the week or last week, uh, and he was talking about the difficulties they had in creating uh, Mario Run. You know, as, mm-hmm. you know this, this, and so he said. Um, he said uh, it's challenging to determine what a Mario game for mobile should be, mm. and he said this is primarily obviously because of the difference in controls between console and mobile games. But he said the intuitiveness of the control is part of the gaming experience. That is why I played the role of director for Super Mario Run to be able to translate that Nintendo hardware experience of a far more complex system like the Switch to a more generic mobile phone. We tried to define what is the gameplay, what is the method, and define what devices we go on. And so he's and he also said that basically yeah, mobile is not. Is never well. Is very unlikely to be a primary focus for Mario games like going forward. It does feel like this was something where he was told you've got to make a mobile game and was just like, <laughs> I don't want to. And but yeah. I, st- I still thought it was quite good. Mario Run, I had a good time with it when it first came out. Was Run the I one that had one yeah. button, which was just jump, and it yes. that was yeah. yeah, yeah, that was Mario Run. Um, I, yeah, I never really got into it. Um. I can't even remember why. I just I don't know. wasn't wasn't particularly fussed about well, it. it was, wasn't it just wasn't it just Temple Run, but Mario, and also not as good as Temple Run. <laughs> uh, I don't think it was Temple Runish, right? It, it, it was like it was it was a two D Mario game, but yeah, all you could do is yeah, he, he would also run from left to right, and, yeah, oh. and then you, you would jump. Um, wasn't it? 
that sounds like it. Jetpack Joyride, that sort of. Yeah. Um, it's like but Cannon- they were Cannonball or something like that, you know? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was also. But not the... as good as any of those other games. Well, this is it. And like the, the Rayman mobile one as well did a similar yeah, thing. Yeah, which was that excellent. Was, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, that felt more inventive. It felt like the levels were, were much bigger and there was like different routes depending on like whether you nailed the timing in certain sections and stuff. Felt like that worked really well in comparison to Super Mario Run. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, with Mario Kart as well, you know, with them drip feeding the new track, you can spot the ones from the mobile game a mile off because <laughs> they're just not as interesting. They try and like, I don't know, they're just not as fun to race on in general. Um, and it's like they try and make up for that with the fact that, you know, like there's loads of routes where like there's like loads of pathways that cross over each other with each other. So they'll be like the battle sort of lap three, some like, you know, carts are being routed through like in one direction while some some are still driving in the other direction. And it, I don't know, like it's when it first happens, you're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And then after a bit, it's, I don't know, it's just sort of meaningless or confusing or mm. rubbish. So it's, yeah, like I when they announced that some of those tracks were going to be in Mario Kart 8. I was like, cool, because I've never really played the mobile one because I tried it for a bit and didn't like it. But fine if those tracks are getting like a new lease of life in a game that I do like. But yeah, even now I'm like, oh God, it's one of the mobile ones. Mm. <laughs> do, do you think the Mar- mm. Mario Run is like a reaction to other games coming out on mobile? So wasn't there like an Animal Crossing mm. game like that? And you know, if- I think that came later, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Animal yeah. Crossing... It was Pocket Camp came after Mario because they they yeah. signed that deal with was it with DNA like the the company yes and right. to produce like a whole bunch of mobile games that were for because I think it was one of those things where this is when the Switch was it had started doing well and they were talking about like how they're going to expand you know how mm-hmm. we're going to get more people in mm-hmm. and mobile was supposed to be the way that they were going to do that like the I think the idea was like you know we put some of these smaller games out and it'll attract people to Nintendo properties mm-hmm. or whatever, and then they'll buy Switches. Mm-hmm. But it turns out people just buy Switches anyway because they're great. <laughs> yeah. and, or, and people like me buy eight or nine of them, you know, like mm-hmm. over the time. Mm-hmm. But um, it seems that they've lost interest now like in, in the mobile stuff because they've still got... I mean, Mario Kart's still running, yeah? Mm-hmm. And Pocket Camp definitely makes... I'm sure it makes them a ton of cash mm-hmm. more than... Uh, than New Horizons did because yeah, yeah. they keep releasing updates for it all the time, mm-hmm. even though they've like binned off um, you know, New Horizons now, which is a shame. Mm. Um, but yeah, they in general though they don't seem that. Fo- they oh, there was that Pikmin wasn't one that came out recently, Sean. Yes, um, was that wasn't that Neantic? It was. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's all right. Um, I ended up going back to Pokemon Go. Um, just because there's like 900 Pokemon and only like six types of Pikmin, um, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like the way they sort of tried to get around it was there's like there's different um, like decorations they can be wearing like hats or whatever um, nice. depending on like where you found them, but you'd need to like go to other places to really make use of that. Hmm. Um, I work from home. I don't go out a lot. Um, so like pokemon go gives me like a much more greater variation of stuff to do and things to catch or find whatever in a like in my town where i live whereas with pikmin you would see like repeats just constantly um like oh it's another pikmin who's got a flower in its head because i found it in a you know park or something rubbish bin or rubbish yeah though you find ones with (laughs) with rubbish on them because you found them just like on the street or whatever Uh, (laughs) um but yeah i don't know 
I, it, it was quite cool for a bit, and then but yeah. Do you ever get like a Pikmin with like dog shit on it and stuff? <laughs> no dog shit, sadly. Or, or like, um, or like a Pikmin that's got like gammy feet and like half oh, its toes no. missing. <laughs> no, okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, didn't didn't get on with the Pikmin one long term. I'm interested to see what Niantic do next, though. I mean, if anything, right? Because feels like nothing can topple Pokemon Go. Like, Apart we had- from. Apart from Pokemon Go, because yeah. the the community is not happy. Yes, at the moment. true. Yeah, uh, but they never are, though, right? That's just their thing. I think they're always <laughs> generally on about something. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know they, it was like a few months ago they did another like Pokemon Go fest, which was like one of the real life everyone actually gather in a park and do the event, and then turns out no one can connect to anything because it overloads yeah. the mobile networks and the local Wi-Fi, and it's just a fucking mess. They're still getting that wrong. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, bizarre. Um, but yeah, like yeah, there was the Minecraft one as well, and that died um like if you can't get a minecraft oh, yeah. one off the ground yeah. there was a there was a harry potter one as well i remember that one. Oh, that's right yeah that, oh, that's still that's yeah that's niantic as well right oh I, maybe i, I think it is no well no we did no, niantic do a, a jurassic world one as well did they there was, oh god right okay there was yeah. also one for the witcher was there i think Blimey. There was a Witcher mobile game coming out, and yeah. I swear it was... Was it like Geralt just running left to right and you pressed the A button to, to jump? Sorry, Grey Dragon Claw oh, in the chat it, uh... is saying there's a Ghostbusters one as well. I what? need to play more of these because these sound really good. <laughs> well, the, witch, the Witcher one was shut mm. down uh, okay. on December 6th, 2022. Oh, and was only bollocks. going for two years. Two years? Ah, shit. Oh, well. Yeah, which means it launched <laughs> in 2020. Yeah, yeah. that's Why an interesting move, it? isn't it? Like, <laughs> Why would like, you, the, the, you just keep hang on to it? Yeah, like, or, like the, <laughs> the thing with Pokemon Go is that like they did adapt loads of things to accommodate for lockdown and then you know people slowly being allowed out again. Um, but yeah, to actually launch one of these... Mm. In 2020 seems oh apparently bad. it was it was it was announced in August 2020 and came out in okay. July 2021. Okay, wow. Oh, so bad, right? So basically, like a year and a half killed it. God, what a shame. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it non. It feels like a lot of these don't really stick around. Because um, I think I think Pokemon the whole the whole going out and looking for things like mm. po- Pokemon maybe. Funnily enough, I'd say Pikmin and Pokemon really are the only ones that actually suit that style of gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's like po- Pokemon Go perfectly captures like it's mm. it's what everyone dreamed of doing when you played the Pokemon games as a kid, as being yeah, able to go out yeah. in and go out and explore. Yeah, it's what and, you do in the and, games, right? It's yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> how does that fit The Witcher? Mm-hmm. Or Harry Potter, it doesn't mm-hmm. at all. So those games mm-hmm. just completely failed. Yeah, yeah it's because people know what those games, what you know, what the properties mean, and so they're just <laughs> hoping that there'll be some buy-in, you know, based on that. But it doesn't happen. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah, go on. So there could be a new PlayStation handheld. Um, so this is according to Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. Oh well, it's and definitely true. Uh, then. <laughs> I mean, why would they call it that if they didn't have... Sorry, go on. Exactly. If they didn't have any, you know, all sorts of insider connections uh-huh. and, you know, they didn't know what was going on. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, anyway, 
So they're saying that this is going to be a portable console that lets you play games natively. Hang on, that doesn't make any sense. No, that's not native it, at all, to... is it? If it's no, streaming, it's then... remote play. Yeah, but apparently it's the it's kind of it's going to be called the Q Lite, and yeah. it's designed primarily to work with remote play feature on the PlayStation Five and stream games from the console over the internet. So basically, it's just re- it's a remote play console, it seems, mm-hmm. and you can use it outside the home, obviously, but with you know with Wi-Fi only. And they like Insider Gaming specifically says this is not for like cloud streaming. This is primarily for like remote play. As in, like connecting into your PS5, right? You know, directly like, and, to and, yeah, to your PS5 rather way. than yeah, okay. And it'll apparently have an eight-inch LCD touchscreen for 60 FPS gaming at 1080p, adaptive triggers like on the DualSense, etc. Right. And apparently, it's going to come in late 2024. That was the the uh, the, the rumor. And uh, yeah, but there you go. I mean, this this to me, I can understand. I, I can see this being true, and this being something which is maybe going to happen. I don't really understand the use case for this uh, if if it mm. had like a clouds if they if they had a, a functioning cloud gaming system that worked on something other than a pc and the ps5 mm. it would make more sense to me because then you could like you know use it to play you know stuff like wherever whenever because obviously yeah there, there are already like cloud handhelds right that will tap yeah. into loads of different services i think all the ones i've seen are hideously overpriced for what they are but I yeah. can un- I can see the point, mm-hmm. but yeah, a device that's like no works for this one, well, not even one service, like one piece of hardware that you have to have in your house. I, I, I can see why this. people would use it. I just think that's too restrictive to buy a device for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, surely, like, fi- unless it's got, unless it takes a SIM card mm-hmm. and you can connect it to five G. Mm-hmm. But, but even, even then, even, is that even, is that ever even, going to be a, like a good experience to use? It no. Though? Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. I'm, well, to be honest, to be honest, on five G. So when in my in my old house, not mm-hmm. where I am now, mm-hmm. um, in my old house, our entire internet connection was just a five G. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I could get like I I could stream. I could live stream to YouTube playing Stadia. Like right. that's how good it was. Okay. Um. And so I think that would be completely fine. But then it's mm-hmm. like, even if it doesn't come with it, it's fine. Just tether it to your phone. Mm-hmm. But unless you have like reliable 5G, yeah. surely it's going to play like ass because mm-hmm. we all know we all know how bad, how bad public Wi-Fi is. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, it's just going to be terrible. So mm-hmm. I feel like the only way it's going to play really well is in your house where yeah. your PlayStation 5 is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then there there is a use case for that though because I mean I I use like a backbone controller with yeah, my yeah. phone quite yeah. frequently yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when the when the kids or whatever are using the TV and I want to play some games then I use it for that there is there yes. is a use case for it oh yeah but also even like even in your own home the connection is still not mm. perfect for this mm-hmm. it's still mm-hmm. you still I mean every single time that I play usually about every I don't know forty five minutes or whatever you'll get the oh the connection's got a problem like thing. And it it only get like stuttering for like a few seconds, but it's enough that you're just like, oh, that's that's a bit, bit irritating, but it doesn't mm. really matter that much. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, like with the like if you're using five G, if if this had like you know a way that you can connect it with five G, that's great if you're in a single location and you're not moving about. But if you're on a train, for example, and mm. you're trying to use, there's no way that that's going to work. You yeah, know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. or like using like train Wi Fi or whatever like that if the trains are running. You know, it's um, you know, it's it's not it's not that great. 
for that kind of... And it's a bit, um, we we should just things. say, James, that was a dig at German trains being rubbish, <laughs> not the strikes, right? It was, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was a, yeah, it was, that was a specifically yeah. Deutsche Bahn okay. uh, related... Um, yeah, <laughs> but, I know the, the whole... I'm just going to shift a little bit um I mean, the whole the whole the whole sort of use case of using it at home like if you know if someone else wants the tv or whatever mm-hmm. to be honest i because also as well as like, I've, i mean i've seen i've seen the leaks and i've seen the look of it and it you know it looks like a dual sense controller that someone split in two and spread mm-hmm. open and whacked a screen in the middle it look if that is what it's going to look like it looks really nice mm-hmm. and i mean i i do like the idea of having that sort of dedicated handheld that i can just pick up and carry on playing what i would have been playing on ps5 like that's really cool mm-hmm. so i feel like if the price was right that's i the, would be yeah. interested yeah. just to have it in my house for when you know someone someone else wants to watch something on tv or mm-hmm. play something on xbox or whatever <clears throat> yeah but for See, me for me the price for that yeah, and like I it's say, it's got to be a, like we're talking like a hundred pound. Yeah, and then this is what's the baffle of me is that, um, yeah, you know, like that the Logitech cloud handheld that's like three hundred quid or something. It's like you, you like, yeah, yeah, you like you may as well get a Steam Deck, like something yeah. can actually run games itself rather than just streaming them. It's, the, like the and pricing can, has been wild, for and you can sideload access to all the cloud services on the Steam Deck anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So, and you see, yeah. the thing is, this would make a lot more sense for me if the fact if it was like connecting to like a PlayStation Cloud, you know, like cloud gaming kind of thing, yeah. without having to use the PS5. Because mm-hmm. you know, this it's really strange the position Sony are in with this because it reminds me a bit of Apple and how they were with the um, when the first iPods like started coming out, mm. and they were like trying to connect everything of being like you need to have a Mac to use this. Yeah, like yeah. there needs you need to have like you need to be able to connect it to like a and like the the, the Mac was like supposed to be like the Halo device kind of thing that mm. everything was like connected in through that mm-hmm. and then that was your sort of center of your world but then they like realized over time that well that's not really how people you know live mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. it's not like that and so mm-hmm. this feels similar to me you know in the sense of it's like they're basing everything around the ps5 which you know i can understand why because they're trying to push that as a as a machine but it's also not entirely convenient i think for um yeah for, for remote gaming in particular mm. but i mean the even if you've got a PS5, if this handheld could play all of the cloud games, that because you know you 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 don't want to always have to like download stuff onto your PS5. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. well, you know, there's certain games that are on cloud that I mm. want to just sit and chill and play on like a handheld device. Yeah, like if it if it had access to that cloud streaming stuff, that instantly mm. makes it way more interesting mm. and see, yeah, I way think- way more attractive. Even if you even think, if you've got a PS5, I think that may be coming though. And the reason I would say that is because I mean, recently I resubscribed to you know, the the higher tier of PlayStation Plus that has the like the streaming option in it because I wanted to play to cheer, and it was cheaper to do that than mm-hmm. buying the game. And like the you can like a lot of like PS4 games on there you can stream now. Like you don't really have to like download them anymore. You can just stream them, but you can't do that with PS5 games yet. And I'd imagine that once that becomes available, then why would you not just allow these to be streamed from other devices as well? It's um yeah, unless it is because they just really want to push 
the PS5 hardware instead, which I don't know feels a bit bit of a shame. Mm. But I guess we'll see what happens. What's but, next? Oh, oh, go on. We've got another. So there's also though a PlayStation controller patent, <laughs> um, which has come out that right. is, that's describing heat changing haptic feedback. Okay. So, They've registered a patent which describes the possibility of including temperature-controlled haptic feedback in a PlayStation controller. So it says this feature could emulate the sense of either hot or cold to the user and is part of several discussing this patent for a controller made of a more like this sort of gel-like substance rather than plastic. So this is the quote (laughs) it says here. Sony describes an elastically deformable material which is able to better aid in haptic feedback and can detect when said elastic member is touched. Pressed, twisted. (laughs) Go on. Go on. It gets better. When said elastic member is touched, pressed, twisted, pinched, squashed, rubbed, or even in the action of bringing a hand close to the elastic member. Now, okay. You say rubbed. There's more. Yeah, there's more. Okay. You don't even need to touch it. Just just the thought of it goes off. It just goes off. Is enough for it. If you go near, it goes off. It says it says it says the elastic member may include such a material as gel, whose elastic modules or hardness changes under heat to to control the elastic modules or hardness by changing the temperature with the above temperature control apparatus. The temperature control apparatus may be controlled such as that the larger the amount of deformation, the higher the temperature becomes. This allows the user to feel the temperature change according to the deformation. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so it, there you it, go. It, 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 it likes it when you, when you treat, treat it a little bit rough. It, it likes yeah. it if you press it, twist it, pinch it, squash it, rub it. Or in, in I your, mean, in, Sony, if you want to just make a dildo, that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to. It's not that. It's, it's an elastic member, Sean. It's see, an elastic the, member. See, when you started this story, I was thinking, oh, why? Because we all know that companies just come up with mad shit and patent yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, just just in not? case. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like sure. it's a complete non-news story. But <laughs> yeah, it James. went direction no, <laughs> but it went directions I never thought it would. And yep. I'm so happy that you included it because <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Because I, 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 mean, don't... I think this this does sound fascinating though. Like does I mean it? this is I doubt it'll I doubt it'll come to anything, but the idea that you know that you can have something which, you know, with different like temperatures, like you know, hot, cold, that kind of thing, that's kind of interesting. But you I mean, never I'm, like. I'm, but you holding the controller is never analogous to like what your character is doing, right? But Sean, you haven't held an elastic member yet. <laughs> I haven't. To be fair, I could see this more with like VR controllers, where yeah. you are like, so say you reach out and pick up like a hot coal or something, and then and then suddenly it gets hot. Like <laughs> mm. I can see that. But I mean, I still I, don't, I can't think of any good uses for it. But I can see why immersion-wise, that could be potentially interesting. But with a, a typical controller, I don't know if that works because you're never miming you like picking something up with that, right? With this, you can mime pinching or rubbing something. <laughs> you could, yeah. We'd have to mime it. Just go for it. Um, and the, and the, the the hardness will change in reaction to <laughs> yeah how much you're deforming yeah. it. I I wish I could comment because this is is actually insane to think about this. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I, joking aside, let's get serious now. Um, like p- people have said for a while that like a controller that can like physically reconfigure itself would be interesting, right? Like, and it's like, or it's like modular or, or whatever. This could be a step towards that. But I can't see. It's not like it's not like it's moving the buttons around or anything, right? It's just like bits of the the controller have the fucking gel in them or whatever. It's not like it's mean like meaningfully becoming like a different object. Do you know what I mean? We don't know that, sure. No, it's an elastic member. It's, it's an elastic member. I mean, that's the title of the show, right? <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so. Next story is that Microsoft have locked down uh, game emulation on the Series X and the Series S. And so this is after, so for three years, it's been, you can apparently freely install emulation software on new Xbox consoles that are in retail mode. Uh, but now Microsoft are blocking it unless you're in the paid developer mode instead. So if you try which and. Which is launch- like a tenner, right? I don't think it's expensive because yeah, I remember this was when emulation first came to the console i think you had to be a developer and everyone's just like yeah yeah Yeah. just pay 10 quid and and you're in don't worry about it but then yeah they became available for everyone so what you're saying sean is if you want to do piracy you just want to you know just just pay 10 quid yeah then then you're in yeah yeah Yeah. don't have to pay for any games ever again it's like game pass Um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry go on so if you try and launch any of these games or apps then now it just says the game or app you're trying to launch violates microsoft's store policy and is not supported Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was a so this was on on the verge. They talked to somebody called um, Aliana, who was an active emulator like sort of fan on, and she said that she'd spoken to a Azure developer who said that this was because of um, issues with Nintendo, basically. Okay, that Nintendo had like tried to pressure Microsoft into doing this because obviously there's quite a lot of NES and Super NES emulators and all that. Nintendo kind of thing really hate available emulation. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, so I'm piracy, sell you the same stuff thing. again. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. I mean, just, you know, Steam Deck to the rescue, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, I mean, it's been, it's been very interesting seeing more channels, like, or, or more, like, larger outlets and, and YouTube channels and stuff openly talking about, like, you know, obviously the um, 3DS and the Wii U stores have gone. Um and yeah, and more people are just openly being like, yeah, so here's how you pirate stuff on it now, because there is no legal way to buy the games anymore. And I think it's interesting that more people are sort of waking up to that, like, yeah, it's, of course it's still illegal, I just morally, it's it's a grey area. Um, I think, that, like, in terms of preservation, like, I, I think there there is a perfectly solid argument in favour of piracy um but yeah the the danger is when people are emulating more and more recent things right or things that you could actually still buy um but yeah that's the end of the news cool um what we've been playing who wants to go first sarah you got loads do you want to go ahead yeah some of them some of them are kind of quick um i guess the most probably the most interesting one um i started playing diablo 2 remastered Oh yeah, which is it's 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 Diablo two, mm-hmm. but it looks way nicer. Mm-hmm. But it looks like I remember the game looking mm-hmm. when you because you can literally I think you just press G because like obviously I'm playing it on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you like hit G and it puts it back into like the original graphics mode, and I'm like, mm. oh no, this game really was that ugly. <laughs> Because Diablo um, 2 is super old, right? When did it come out? Yeah. 
I want to say like 99. Oh, was it late night? Because I was thinking early noughties. But yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Oh, maybe between mm. sort of, I'd say between like 99 and maybe like 2002, something mm. like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I used to play, I used to play an absolute ton of uh, Diablo 2. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever got that far mm-hmm. through it. I think I maybe got like halfway through like Act 2. Mm. Um, even though like I played it like an absolute ton, mm. I was just not very good at it because it is very hard. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, apparently they've done a lot of stuff in the background to make it a lot more um, like stable, particularly like playing it online. But right. it it really does just play exactly like you remember Diablo two playing. Which mm. if you've played Diablo three since or you know the Diablo Four beta. Mm. You're like, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> this is a very, this is a very good to play now. Um, but I mean, yeah, graphically, the what they've done with it is really cool. Um, and yeah, mm. and if you do want that kind of like authentic remaster, it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much the only reason why I started playing it was because yeah, I played the Diablo Four beta and was like, mm. I just want to play. A lot of Diablo, and I played Diablo <laughs> three a lot. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and, I the, went, and the, you got right into the mobile one as well, right? Yes, yeah. I got far, far too into uh, <laughs> Diablo, <laughs> and probably put more money into it than I should have because, yes, the it's been. You know, it's been discussed a million times, but yeah, the monetization of Diablo Immortal is horrendous, mm-hmm. but the game itself is just a brilliant, brilliant adaptation of Diablo 4 mobiles. Mm-hmm. Um, but Diablo 4 is, that game is going to ruin my life. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I play the beta as well. Um, I thought it was fine, but to, um, and this is, please tell me why I am wrong, because I definitely am. But to me, it felt like Diablo's still like the sort of base template for a very addictive RPG where the numbers go up. But I feel like that template has since been applied to things like Destiny, right? Which to me is like a, like a very fun first person shooter with the cool RPG stuff on top of that. And playing Diablo, 4, like Diablo, Diablo 4 beater, I was like, this is like that base template again but I don't I wasn't finding the moment to moment moment interactions with it that interesting but maybe I just didn't play enough of it I don't know I mean that's the whole numbers go up, pretty lights <laughs> numbers go up yeah that's 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 why I like that's why I like those games that's also why I like destiny um yeah, yeah it yeah, I mean, yeah, gameplay-wise, it just completely scratched the itch. It, I'm sure there are people who have put thousands and thousands of hours into all of the Diablos over the years and done, you know, silly amounts of, like, Paragon levels and ladder characters and build crafting and everything. I'm sure they will go into a ton of detail about the character classes and mm-hmm. the combat and mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. I don't care. It was <laughs> it, it you just lots of lots of things to smash mm-hmm. and things to collect. But I think what really kind of grabbed me with it was like obviously Diablo 2 is very grim and dark and mm-hmm. like I said, kind of ugly. Uh Diablo 4 clear no Diablo 3, sorry, they clearly got a little bit carried away with the sort of extra graphical power that Mm. they had to play with Mm -hmm. and it kind of got very colorful which yeah i remember people sulking when like the first screenshots came out and i was like there's fucking rainbows in it the fuck is going on (laughs) 
yeah <laughs> people got people got i think probably too salty about it yeah um but the the new one is is grim yes. it's nasty yeah. it's it looks like graphics i was playing on ps5 mm-hmm. um it looks incredible like mm-hmm. some of like the lighting effects uh that are going on i mean and obviously like the areas the areas that you kind of play in the beta are it's they're very kind of snowy mm-hmm. i think it's kind of meant to look almost kind of like sort of russia sort of area yeah um but i mean and also as well like the so there's two kind of key cutscenes that i experienced one is the opening cinematic which is available on youtube mm-hmm. and is probably one of the most amazing things i've ever seen like mm-hmm. there's parts where it looks photorealistic mm-hmm. and yeah i mean obviously it's not the in-game engine it's mm-hmm. all pre-rendered cgi but yeah there are points where it looks photorealistic and some of like the visual effects like of them summoning lilith mm-hmm. uh basically these guys are like upside down and like it's their blood coming out of them but in like these tendrils and mm-hmm. it basically makes this giant like sheet of skin and lilith like comes out. it's it's horrific mm-hmm. like it's really gross and really icky but that like i love my horror <laughs> and the way yeah the way they kind of summon lilith like mm. i've never really seen anything done like that before it's just really 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 cool really inventive i mean um, yeah like and and the, to be clear like because i i can't do horror at all but i i sat and watched the whole thing because i was <laughs> yeah i was yeah. like oh fuck this is just really well made like yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing and mm. then there's yeah then there's a cutscene like a little bit further on where lilith basically turns up um at this church and mm. gets all these people in the church to uh beat the priest to death and it takes and a little while doesn't it it's not it's not just like oh they yeah. hit him he's dead it's yeah. like no he's still yeah they, they really yeah. lay into him it's just... <laughs> yeah uh they like stomp on him a lot and mm-hmm. he gets his head bashed in with a mm-hmm. crucifix and but like that's all using the in-game engine and mm. even some of like the animation and like the facial animations on that are just mm so incredibly well done um lilith herself is just a really really cool i think i think blizzard realized that you know gamers are really into like hot tall terrifying women and went (laughs) cool here you go here's a new one for you Mm -hmm. um but yeah she seems super cool her design's ace um yeah the gameplay is smash things smash things get numbers get loot that just tickles my brain in all the right ways and mm. yeah that's gonna completely take over basically i've got tears of the kingdom what beginning of may yeah early-ish, early-ish. yeah can't that, remember i keep forgetting so, i keep forgetting the actual date which is weird considering i keep saying oh i don't want to book the day off work for that i should probably know <laughs> when it is really oh actually i think it's maybe towards like the end of may i think it's like the 23rd or something mm, maybe yeah. so basically that for two weeks and then it's Diablo, and then mm. it's Diablo for two weeks, and then it's Final Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> God, no one's going to see you for months, are they? No, it's just gonna... pretty much. Yeah. And I just, like, all three of those games are easily, for me, 100 plus hours into each one mm-hmm. as a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I kind of hate that they're all coming out at the same time. But, um, which is also why the rest of the games on this list are kind of dreadful because I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to play. There's nothing to play at the moment until all those games start coming out. Um, oh, also like Redfall at the beginning of oh god, yeah, at the beginning soon, of May. Right? So it's like Redfall mm. for two weeks, mm. and then it's Tears of the Kingdom, and then we go from there. And then Redfall's going to be yeah. a weird one, so, right? Mm. Because it's yeah, like I think everyone's really excited to play it, but. God, it's got a short shelf life thanks to <laughs> Zelda. Like, which, you know, and they shouldn't necessarily clash because they're very different types of game, but just, yeah, just everyone's going to be obsessed with Zelda for a bit. What's Melva Idol? It's Melva Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Melva Idol is RuneScape without the game. Okay. It's cool. just the numbers. <laughs> so. Amazing. Yeah, so one of the guys I work with um, used to work for Jagex, mm. uh, and he, I don't even know, he, he just came in and we were just talking about some other stuff, and he was like, do you like idle games? And I was like, I'm not going to show you the amount of hours on my Steam account for Cookie Clicker, but yes, I do like <laughs> idle games. Um, idle as in I-D-L-E, not mm-hmm. I-D-O-L, like yep. K-pop idols, mm-hmm. not that kind of idle. Um it's just something you can just kind of have on in the background and then occasionally the numbers going up makes my brain feel nice so mm-hmm. yeah melva idol was basically just it's runescape but an idle game so okay. you can level up your wood cutting and your fishing and your cooking and your smithing and your mining mm-hmm. it's all the skills from minecraft from minecraft from runescape <laughs> But without actually having to go into a world and move your character around. So you just like, I want to level up smithing. You click on the thing and then you leave it and it levels up. Yeah. I d- this is what I mean by there's nothing out yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for things. But I'll just like have it on while I'll have it on on one screen. Like I've been, mm-hmm. I've had it on quite a bit over the weekend. Like I think mm-hmm. he only told me about it on Thursday. Uh, so I've just kind of had that on one screen while I've had Jojo's Bizarre Adventure on my main screen and I've mm. been painting Warhammer. That's kind of <laughs> been my bank holiday weekend. Um, that sounds yeah. class to be fair. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, if you've, if like me, you've put far too much time into Cookie Clicker mm. and you've played Candy Box and it's, yeah, it's decent. There's like a free version that will get you a decent chunk of skills and then you can buy like the, paid version for like a tenner with the dlc which gives like a whole bunch of extra skills mm. there's like combat and dungeons um they're adding in uh oh they're adding in raids so it seems like it's under like quite a bit of like active development mm-hmm. um there's yeah for the raids it actually when you click on like the raids feature like in the game it has um all of the the full like development roadmap for it mm-hmm. so it seems like jagex actually has a decent little team working on it Mm. um and it also exists in browser and phone and steam and all of them have uh cloud saving so Mm. you can pick it up and play it on like anything so Mm. yeah for for a silly little game that isn't actually really a game it's actually pretty (laughs) decent (laughs) i feel like runescape's one of those things i just missed out on entirely i gather it's actually (sighs) decent right i know when it first launched it was like people made fun of the graphics but but hey it runs in a web browser that's kind of interesting um but yeah like occasionally i'll just run across someone who's like oh yeah i fucking really got into runescape it's amazing yeah (laughs) yeah i because because it did run in a browser yeah it for, for me in sort of 
early 2000s like mm -hmm. i never had a pc that was good enough to run mm -hmm. world of warcraft but i could play runescape mm -hmm. um and yeah it's really good like it was it was popular enough to the point that even though jagex had moved on to like runescape 3 mm -hmm. they brought back runescape classic yeah. which is i think was technically like runescape 2 mm -hmm. um and that all exists and that actually does a really cool thing where any any kind of new feature coming into the game has to be is all polled by the community and mm. changes are only ever made if it wins in a poll okay basically yeah, which yeah, is really yeah. interesting yeah. um but yeah yeah uh Rune, Rune, runescape is one of those games that is just kind of ticking along in the background mm. even like you it comes out and then it kind of goes away but you'd be surprised how many people are still playing it like yeah uh yeah. guild wars 2 yeah. is a big one that... that's still going isn't it like yeah. i recently just saw yeah, it was on steam and i was like hey i'll add that to my library because it's free like i played it back in the day um and then yeah and obviously now because i've added it to my library it, like comes up on my news stuff and it's like fuck they're still doing like events and it's still like fully supported yeah. Wild. uh lord of the rings online yeah. is another one mm -hmm. um my boyfriend recently so his in the move well we don't know it worked, and now it doesn't work. His uh, 3080 graphics card oh, died. Wow. Oh, that's right. I remember so, you saying, yeah. Yeah, so he's had to ship it back to Poland. Oh, nice. Because eBuyer were like, you've had it over a year, so it's not our problem <laughs> to anymore. do with us. Yeah, cool. Yep, <laughs> which is great. Um, so he's borrowing a card off of a friend, mm -hmm. and he's just kind of finding anything low intensity <laughs> that this card can run mm -hmm. still sounds like a freaking jet engine <laughs> half the time um oh what's the i want to say knights of the old republic but that was the single player game is it just the old, old republic, republic? Yeah. The yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the old republic yeah yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. that's still getting stuff released but, for it and that still has people playing it that's like, meant to be good there's, there's also the star trek one as well which is still going oh, yeah, as far yeah, as yeah. i'm aware yeah that's yeah. still a yeah. that's still a going concern yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they find these audiences, don't they? Obviously, that are like sort of that are probably you know really really into this, and mm. then there's enough people there to obviously make it completely worthwhile. Mm. You know, just like keep you know pursuing it. I remember, like, yeah, I mean, there's a, sorry, there's entire um, there's entire development studios whose in their whole thing is they essentially just buy the rights for these MMOs, mm -hmm. turn them free to play, mm -hmm. and then just kind of keep them going. Mm. Because so... apparently you can do that with very little overheads. Like uh, when Echo VR got, was, well, it was announced that was getting shut down. And I think I mentioned it on the show. Uh, John Carmack did like a statement about like why like why these things happen, why it's kind of stupid and, and he doesn't really approve of it and stuff. Um, I think this was after he'd left Meta or was kicked out because he yeah. kept slagging it off. Um, but yeah, he, he, was <laughs> say, he was saying like, he's like, we had one guy running Quake Live for ages. <laughs> like it's actually, it's really not that hard. It's just, it's finding people willing to do it because it's not really a career move, like keeping an old game on life support. Um, like no, you know, it's, it's not easy finding someone who's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting because I think you know we always assume any online game is like this huge undertaking just to keep it ticking over, and it, it's not easy by any means. But yeah, it apparently, can be easier and, than you think. And these aren't don't have any microtransactions at all, do they? Oh no, oh, they do. do. They? I was, I was wondering where <laughs> yeah, they make when I money. Say, when I, yeah, when, when I say they're turned free to play, they are often turned the bad free to play oh, so right. you will i mean it'll, it'll completely vary from game to game but uh most of the time you'll generally have access to maybe like 
one or two classes for free. Um, everything else is paywalled. Right. Um, and then there are often, uh, you know, um, bundles of currency that you can buy and then you can use them for things like, uh, faster, faster travel, more bag space, more bank space. Um, uh, some games are fully just pay to win at this point right. where you can just buy, you know, things which give you double, triple experience, um, things that will make you, you know, po- you can buy potions that mean you do, do more damage mm. or potions that mean that the penalties from dying are way lower. It, yeah, um, there's a really, really, really good YouTuber called Josh Strife Hayes who pretty much primarily focuses on MMOs and he has a series called Worst MMO Ever and he just picks up these almost kind of either either they're brand new MMOs which are just being launched or it's he plays a lot of these yeah sort of turned free to play MMOs um, and he'll kind of jump into them from a new player and he'll always kind of check out the cash shop and yeah you can kind of see the extent that uh, those have been sort of chopped up and monetized mm. by the company that's kind of taking them over but you know obviously obviously going straight play to win is like that always sucks mm. but you know for for the players who have been playing these games for such a long time if it's if it going free to play in this way is what means that the game can carry on mm. for the community and for the players then it's kind of yeah kind of like a little bit of like a necessary evil i guess mm-hmm. no i can see that but yeah. Yeah. And it's, just say, it's, it's just cosmetics. It's just cosmetics. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, not in <laughs> not in not in some of these ones. Well, it's obviously yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of like very predatory sort of like practices. Some, that are yes. to, you know. some some of them are some of them are really bad. Mm. Yeah. Mm. They where basically for free for some of these games, for free players, it is just the most horrific grind mm. to do mm-hmm. anything. I was gonna, um, I was gonna say, because that, that that's the the thing right is that if they were literally taking the game and just adding the microtransactions on top of it but the game was still playable as it always was that would not be too bad but by the sounds of it they're actually making the games harder without the microtransactions right is that the pretty much okay yeah yeah a lot of them a lot of them are like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um i think i think lord of the rings online is one that's actually still that's actually monetized fairly well okay um but yeah, it's it's a really really interesting YouTube channel. Yeah, Josh Strife Hayes. Mm. If you're interested in seeing what happens to MMOs or what is happening to some MMOs that you thought was dead, right? <laughs> cool. But yeah, other than that, Hearthstone Battlegrounds mode is brilliant. Oh, although also really frustrating. That? It's so it's obviously normal Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. You get the card packs, mm-hmm. you build a deck, mm-hmm. and then you go play one person. Mm-hmm. Battlegrounds is eight players. Oh fuck! Oh. Uh, competing to be the essentially the last person standing, uh-huh. and the way it works is you start off and you've got you're basically given a choice. The basically you go between buy phase and combat phase. Mm-hmm. In the buy phase, you have uh, essentially it's like the tavern keeper offers you three minions, and you have three gold, and basically you can buy a minion for mm-hmm. three gold, um, and then each turn you get one more gold up to 10. Um, you can also increase the tier of minions that are being offered to you. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, each turn, the sort of tier level, the tier cost goes down, your gold goes up. And yeah, basically, it's a case of buying minions. And then 
when you go into like the combat phase, uh, your your minions will attack automatically from left to right. Okay. But then they will attack random targets unless the opponent or whether your side has like a taunt minion. Mm-hmm. Um, and minions are split into so into different like uh, archetypes. So it's like dragons, mechs, mm-hmm. uh, quill boar. Merlocks, I think that's all of them. Mm-hmm. Pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, they've recently added the undead uh, mm-hmm. minion class, and basically, at the beginning of the game, you're presented with a different hero that you want to play as, and each hero has like a hero power. So a lot of the time, it's about synergizing which minions you're go- you're picking with what your hero power is, right. and like certain hero powers will synergize with better with different minion types. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, basically in each combat phase, you're obviously paired up against one other player mm. out of the eight. Um, obviously, everything's co- there is so much RNG involved mm-hmm. from the heroes you're given at the beginning to what minions appear for you each turn mm. to who you get paired up against to go to like fight against. Um, so sometimes it's really frustrating. Uh, mm. Sometimes you'll get paired up against a player who, for some reason, who has clearly had the best luck and been given the minions that they wanted every single buy phase mm-hmm. and they just absolutely stomp you into the ground um whereas you're sat there for an entire turn just like refreshing the tavern and not getting anything you need um but yeah i i've been play i've been playing it i, I normally play at least like a couple games a day mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. for about the past five five maybe nearly six months mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, I don't want to say it's good because sometimes <laughs> it's really frustrating yeah. because, yeah, it is just so RNG heavy. Mm. And there are uh, pretty much every, pretty much every minion type has a very meta way to play it. Mm-hmm. That if you're not playing it that way, then you're kind of screwed. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just really, it is just really, really satisfying. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, like the RNG comes into the effect where, you know, I played like two games yesterday lunchtime and I came like seventh mm-hmm. and then I came first. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's all. But I think because it is so RNG heavy, if I lose, I'm like, well, I just didn't. The RNG really just matter. wasn't on my side that time. It say, doesn't really matter. Sounds kind of like my experience of Marvel Snap. <laughs> Right, and that yeah. some matches are just so ridiculous, the stuff it throws at you. They're just like, well, I don't really care that I lost because A, it only took three minutes, and B, it, like the way I lost was interesting at least, like even if there was nothing I could have done about it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a similar thing, but... Yeah. I mean, definitely not the three minutes. I mean, yes. a game of Battlegrounds <laughs> can take you, if you're doing well, mm-hmm. and if you want to finish in like the top three mm-hmm. uh you're looking at close to half an hour oh, for right. one game okay, yeah it's long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's one of those ones where it's like you'll be approaching like the half hour mark and you'll be like oh i'm actually doing really well mm-hmm. like i'm into like the top three mm-hmm. there's maybe yeah like three or four people left mm-hmm. and you're like oh but i've really got this thing to go and do <laughs> but yeah the 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 better you do the longer the game goes on mm-hmm. for and you're just like oh i really need i need this to end i kind of actually <laughs> want to get kicked knocked out at this point so i can go do the thing that i should be doing i mean i suppose as long as you um, go in knowing how long like a good run could take right and as long as you've yeah. budgeted for that i suppose you're yeah, okay essentially, but, yeah essentially yeah Gem- generally it's around like the half hour mm-hmm. mark mm-hmm. um but yeah i really enjoy it and it means i mean 
you know, regular Hearthstone, like the mm. whole deck building side of things, mm. that's got its issues as well. Yeah. Again, unless you're playing like the meta mm-hmm. decks, mm-hmm. you might as well not even bother. Mm-hmm. I think it's got quite a bad uh, botting problem as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah shame because i got the yeah i know you got it as well where where you just got an email it's like oh here's like 80 card packs oh it was 150 it was how many jesus christ um maybe i only got 80 i can't remember but yeah i got the (laughs) email i was like oh shit i should play hearthstone again and then it was like literally like two weeks before marvel snap came out and then i got fully addicted to that instead um so yeah i just haven't haven't bothered yet yeah that was that was that was what got me to like kind of log back into it Mm -hmm. and then I remembered someone telling me that they were getting really back into Hearthstone, but mm. only the Battlegrounds version. Right. Um, and so I was like, well, let's actually give it a try. Mm. And yeah, that's kind of been well, my little little daily mm. thing <laughs> for the past few months. Cool. But yeah, I just kind of needed something else to talk about because, yeah, we're in, we're in the calm before the storm at the moment. <laughs> I mean, you say you needed something else to talk about. You have also got Destiny 2 on the list. Yeah, um, my, clan did, my clan did the new raid. It took us 18 hours. Jesus oh, Christ. Wow. So anyone saying that it was too easy can go... <laughs> But how much of that is, because as someone who's only ever done Destiny raids, like way after they came out, so like, I, you know, I'm like over leveled and I've usually got people telling me what to do. How much of that 18 hours is just figuring out what to do and how much is like, right, okay, let's actually try and do it. Uh, do you know what I mean? To be honest, it, this, this, so we've, this is my third raid mm-hmm. going in at day one. Mm-hmm. Um, we did uh, King's Fall, which obviously is a remastered raid from Destiny 1, yeah. but with some of the mechanics changed, so you did still have to kind of figure out what was different. Mm-hmm. We couldn't even get past the first encounter on that. It was just like smashing our heads against a brick wall, so we gave up pretty mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also did uh, Vow of the Disciple Day 1, which was the mm-hmm. Witch Queen, the raid that launched like a week and a half after Witch Queen came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that had horrific server issues, oh, so... Even in the first encounter, we figured out relatively quickly how to do it, Mm. but we were having server issues Mm. where essentially there was one point in the encounter where we would get kicked to orbit without fail. So again, we kind of gave up on that one Uh pretty quick. Uh Um, But yeah, with the new one, uh, Root of Nightmares, yeah, we we figured out what to do fairly easily on pretty much all of the encounters. yeah, it just just doing them because basically what Destiny does for whenever a raid launches for the first four, for previous raids it was the first twenty four hours they've now extended it to be the first forty eight hours right. they have a thing called contest mode mm-hmm. enabled where it basically caps your power right at about twenty points lower than you really should be for oh, the shit. encounter okay. so it just makes it way harder yeah, um, yeah over the forty eight hours we put in about eighteen hours mm. we'd kind of decided that we were going to wait until contest mode ended mm-hmm. and then go back in and we were like well if we're all getting on at about five mm-hmm. on the sunday for the end of contest mode to just smash through mm-hmm. it on regular mm-hmm. do we want to just maybe jump back in <laughs> for like the last hour or so of contest mode just we essentially had a coach one of our guys because we use obviously discord mm-hmm. um we one of the guys was playing on PC mm-hmm. and was sharing his screen. So right. someone else who had completed it with another group jumped in and was watching the stream and coaching us like proper, <laughs> proper esports. It was really cool. Um, 
And yeah, and we ended up doing it with 15 minutes of contest wow. mode to spare. Holy shit. So yeah, it was a lot of people have kind of bitched and whinge going, oh, it's because it's so easy this time. <laughs> and I think it was something like 45,000 raid groups mm-hmm. finished it, which is the highest mm. out of the high, the highest it's been mm. for like first completion of a raid that destiny i think has ever had mm-hmm. but you know it was on for 48 hours yeah. there weren't any server issues mm-hmm. of course it was going to be higher plus um, just like the interest in t- trying that must be gathering over time as well right more players yeah, who spend more time in it and just like actually yeah fuck it let's try and do day one completion yeah. i mean i will never do that but i can see it's... the appeal like <laughs> it is it is it is such a good experience mm-hmm. um i mean there was definitely points on i think it was the friday night it hit like 2 a.m mm-hmm. we'd been we descent we we essentially got up to like the third encounter pretty quickly mm-hmm. and the third one took us a long time mm-hmm. um i was to gonna say because when you get, get it done when you get into like 2 a.m so you, so- you must all be playing like shit at that point right yeah yeah <laughs> So this is like okay. So you do like a it's, if this is so this is like a time time limited event, right? So you do it on the on the first day, and then you get like something extra, presumably for finishing this within yes. the first day. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it must be absolutely awful if you fail like, to do this and you put in like like yeah. twenty hours or whatever it is, and you're just like, okay, that was um that was I mean, that, time. that did happen when Forsaken launched. Uh, mm. The raid that came out with Forsaken was called The Last Wish. Mm. And so just for comparison, this new raid, the world's first. The, the, so basically, if you are the raid group that finishes it first, Bungie gives you these like wrestling belts <laughs> that are all like Destiny raid themed. They're cool as hell. Mm. Um, Do you mean like in real life or yeah. like? okay that's that's pretty cool they're really really cool um and the group the group that finished uh root of nightmares first uh did it in two and a half hours wow last wish uh this was back when you only had 24 hours to do it Mm -hmm. in order to get like the uh the triumph and the emblem that says you did it like within the first 24 hours uh the first group finished at like 24 hours and 10 minutes oh, or something shit. stupid like no one completed mm-hmm. that raid mm-hmm. or i could be i could be wrong it could maybe have been like one or two groups mm-hmm. but pretty much like no one because the final boss was just mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. um yeah they can be they can be really long they can be really knackering mm-hmm. um and you really have to go into it with a group of people who you get on with because i think the especially yeah when you when you hit like 3 a.m and you've been stuck on this one thing for the past like three four hours you you know Mm -hmm. tensions are going to get a little bit high it my clan um are mostly people that i work with with Mm -hmm. like a few sort of friends of friends who have been kind of brought in Mm. um yeah and it's just a really really good group of guys Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's a really fun experience it's tough mm-hmm. but yeah figure yeah being able to kind of like figure things out and i mean the re- the reaction when we finally finished it was was pretty amazing yeah, it was really imagine. good so yeah if you've if you've never done a day one raid before 100 percent, give it a try nah <laughs> um <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it does sound amazing. I just, yeah, I don't think I'd ever have the the patience, sadly. But um, I yeah. think, yeah, I think, I think also having not having kids is yes. probably yeah. a pretty good thing yeah. to not have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, there's more chance of Asher doing that than me at this stage. It's just <laughs> maybe you can like tag team it. You just swap mm. halfway through. He does like six hours, you do six, and then just, just rotate. It's weird. He's, he's, he's shown no interest in first-person shooters at all. Probably he's a good thing. Doesn't, yeah, he's like, you know, I've tried to give him, like, he tried, as I said, we tried like Fortnite and things like that, and he just doesn't really care. Yeah. Weird. Good. Although he loves, does love Splatoon. Mm. Oh, well, there you go. It's the best one, that's why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, Sean, uh, do you want to do yours? Yeah, so I've been playing Meet Your Maker, haven't I? As a good mm-hmm. Sony employee playing a PlayStation Plus <laughs> game. Um, no, I had a lot of love for uh, Meme Maker. I'm not sure if anyone has seen it on the store or at least seen it around. If you haven't. I'd, I'm aware of it. Okay. Through, I added through, it to my library. I'm aware yeah. of it through Instagram adverts. For some reason, that was the first place I heard of this. But I, cool. you explain it. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, the best way to describe it is imagine Mario Maker, but with guns, maybe? Um, The game is set in a very, very, very post-apocalyptic future where there is some alien life form that you serve as your, I don't know, someone that you worship, but you also want it to be able to repopulate something. The story is very light. It's it's one of those games where it's mechanic first, let's think about the story much later. Um, And the game is more or less split into two mm, halves. There is Raiden, not like Destiny, and Bilden. And mm-hmm. the reason I mentioned Mario Maker is uh, it is an asynchronous multiplayer game, but you don't ever see the opponent that you're playing. So in this game, mm-hmm. you play. it's a first-person uh, game where you play a character who's called a custodian. You own your base or your outpost. And in this world, you need to collect lots of these resources called uh, genetic materials, or genmat, as they call it in the game. And to be able to collect these and to deposit it to your your alien worshipper thing, I don't even know the name of it, um, you need to collect it from other players' bases. So in this game, in the first person, you sp- you choose a location, so it can it'll be like a normal, hard, or brutal. And what it is is you join, uh, you 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 load into an a, a game, uh, an outpost where someone has created the base, and mm-hmm. more or less, it is a human player has made a, a maze filled of traps and enemies. And what you're doing as this custodian is you need to be able to get to this point collect this um this 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 uh source and escape the base more or less that's mm-hmm. what the game is in a nutshell mm-hmm. but um the fun comes into it when you realize that your character has um limited weapons so there's only like two weapons in the entire game and mm-hmm. these weapons are limited to maybe two to three shots only you can collect, oh, wow. okay. so you can collect your ammo again but mm-hmm. you need to be able to shoot traps when you see them. These traps range from spike traps and walls to um, kind of crossbow darts that fire. Think like kind of Indiana Jones, but in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's also AI um, guards that are around who will fire upon you as well. And you need to be able to make your way into these labyrinths of mazes, depending on what the player has come up with, um, with only kind of two to three shots that you can recover. To recover them, you have to physically go over to them. And Mm -hmm. also when you collect this resource... um, if you are a smart player, you can set these traps to maybe not appear when you first go in, but only appear after 
your resource has been taken. So your okay. way back out could have more traps. Um, mm-hmm. And the really cool thing is um, when you've been able to go into a world, you'll see that there is a creature that is all, it's like a human or kind of a, yeah, like a human, but it's carrying a box on its back. And this, this creature would always go from the start of the location where you've spawned in towards the, um, the source that you want to collect. So it'd mm-hmm. always keep going. So if you ever are lost or where to go, this kind of generated robot will keep going down the safest, quickest route. It, it will never trigger any traps, but it's their way of, you know, in Super Mario Maker, where you have to be able to complete your own level to publish it so you don't break right. yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. In this game, you don't have to complete your own maps, but this creature will always travel to the center so you know that there is always a path to get there, so you don't have to complete it yourself. Mm. It's always possible. It's to always do possible it, yeah. to do it, and so you mm. are armed with your gun, which only fires two bolts at the start, and a grappling hook, so that will kind of grab, uh, pull you towards a surface, and then release you. And whilst you're going through these worlds, the really cool thing is the traps don't instantly trigger. There's maybe a second where you'll see in the corner of your screen, um, like a red kind of uh, marker saying, "This is about mm. to attack." So. There is a moment where you can lean around corners and then if you see these markers appear, then you know something's about to trigger or something's about to shoot at you. So you might take a step back or you might want to kind of set some traps off and then step back. And it's really tense because you can replay some of these levels, um, but every time you do, um, the player who has created it gets points from your first attempt. So where you've died on their mm-hmm. end they get to see where you've killed it like in mario maker where you see the all the x's that appear yeah, yeah, yeah. so upon so to jump on the other side so after i completed a few um levels i collect enough resources and when you go back to your main kind of hub you have loads of other kind of npcs that you can kind of level up for your weapons so you can kind of upgrade them to have maybe another shot in your gun or you can have a different suit that is much faster but not as good as melee or you can buy consumables so you have grenades as well which only have a certain amount and grenades will trigger um, tra- blow up traps and enemies, or you can buy new traps and stuff like that. But when you get enough, you can actually buy a space on the game server to have your own base. And when you have your own base, then you have the ability to make all of the traps yourself. And the reason why you want to play this in two halves is when you have your own base, uh, you, the game tells you that uh, you having a base means that you're collecting this resource every so often. So for you to be able to progress again, you need to make a base. But in, in opening your base up, it means players will come into it. And it, whilst you're building your base out, you can choose where you want to put your guards and your traps, and then you can kind of see the augment the augments with these things. So the traps, you can have mm-hmm. it. So as mentioned earlier, you can set it so it only goes off the second time. So it's completely invisible, can't do anything. When you place your own kind of kind of uh, guards, you can go into first person mode and kind of record a patrol. So you can have them face certain oh, ways, wow. and then you can make them walk back, and then kind of have that loop so they can actually walk or just be static. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, you can set your, depending on how many traps and guards you have, changes the difficulty of your game, your your level. So it goes into a playlist. Mm-hmm. So let's just say you put 10 traps and five enemies. It'll come under normal. But if you put 25 mm-hmm. traps, it'll become under brutal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the re- So it doesn't necessarily benefit you to just fill it with stuff, it, right? It, you, want it, yeah. you kind of want it to be as hard as possible within a given category, yeah. I guess. Right? Yeah. To ensure that it's like, like really clever placement and yeah. all that kind of thing. Exactly too. that. Yeah. Um, and you can set it as a normal kind of map, or you can put it into this thing called overdrive. So it means that anything that's stolen from your base, so if someone actually gets through to your core and escapes with it, then you are losing that resource. 
but upon every right. kill that you get of someone trying to take it, you get double the amount of points. So they drop their their own resources as well as mm-hmm. their own um, kind of building materials. So mm-hmm. I, I quickly learned whilst playing in other people's games, you can just go straight from the normal levels to the brutal and just be extra careful because it's always mm-hmm. going to be as difficult. It's just the amount of traps and enemies that are going to be in level. The game doesn't become more harder than right. you can. It's always one ship quick kill anyway. It's just that mm-hmm. if, you have, if you're going to be extra careful and you want to play it in a very sophisticated way, all the levels are kind of the same difficulty, except it's the amount of time you spend. But one thing I quickly learned when making my first level is, well, if most new players only get two shots with their gun and you have patrolmen and you have traps that you have to shoot, most of the levels I played at the start is you get to see one patrol person, you probably take two shots at them because there's bullet drop as well. So you want to line up, probably right. miss the first one. Second one, you get mm-hmm. them and then you go and collect your ammo. And then you see some traps and you're like, I'm going to shoot these traps and just trap. But what I learned is when I built my level is, well, I can place however many guards I want and people are mostly going to have two shots. So mm. maybe if I put maybe three enemies that are at a distance, mm-hmm. then people will have to shoot maybe three enemies, but only have two shots. But also mm-hmm. to collect the extra bolts again, you need to zip line over and expose yourself. And it just became a game of how mm-hmm. do I outsmart another player? And it becomes the Mario yeah. Maker thing of, do I hide mm-hmm. things around corners or do I make things appear? Do I... And and it's really it's really lovely. It's so rewarding to be able to kind of log back into your game and be like, thirteen more people have died in your level. And then you go <laughs> back into the build mm-hmm. mode and you get you actually have to go and pick up the resources that they've dropped in the free roam mm-hmm. mode there. Um and it's and it's really lovely um just to be able to play something like that. I don't know if it's gonna be everyone's cup of tea. It's definitely I guess it's more puzzle with first person mm-hmm. in it than mm-hmm. kind of your casual game, but um, it definitely scratches that itch. I know I keep saying Mario Maker, but I, I do love the fact that you can make the craziest of levels and play in other people's levels. And then when you, you know, it continues offline whilst you're away. So, you know, right now mm-hmm. there's potential people stealing my resources out there. And um, it, it, it's lovely. And um, there's daily rewards. So the more you play and the more you log in, the more resources you have to probably get better traps. And eventually your base will res- run out of resource because it is a mining facility. So you do need to go back in and. You can call, you can do this thing called a prestige or levels. If enough people die, or you get rewarded enough accolades, so people say it's brutal, or it's fun, or it's ingenious, then mm-hmm. it kind of revamps your level to be like, cool, we're going to let it run again. That's that's what I was going to ask because so you can give feedback as well you on can these levels, yeah. Like, but is that a kind of like thumbs up, thumbs down kind of thing, or is it like more detailed? It's, or there is no the... negative. Um, there is no negative unless you say so. The accolades is it's brutal, which I guess you could probably say is negative. But some people be like, no, brutal. Mm-hmm. I love Dark Souls, so this is fun. Um, but there is like ingenious. <laughs> this is artistic. So people would make kind of really cool sculptures mm-hmm. in there. So there's only four accolades nice. you can give. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it's available at least on PS4 and PS5 and. One thing I haven't touched, which I'm sure is completely beautiful to do, is you can invite a friend in, and I think you can raid together. There is social raids sure. in this. Um, you don't get any resources as if you can you know, rebuild your mm-hmm. base, but you can play some of these maps together. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, some of the really cool things I've seen. So you can have like uh, these cubes that are just lava, like acidic lava cubes. And unless you step into them or you fall into them, it's fine. It's just decoration on the wall. But uh, one of the levels I was playing earlier today is just a straight kind of corridor that went round corners, and you can see these cubes on either side. It's like I can see the I can see the source at the end. If I grab that, it should be straightforward. As soon as you grab that, you hear the the mechanics start to whirl because the second phase of traps start to engage, and like, what's mm. going to happen? Well, these cubes aren't going to do anything. 
And then you realize that the player has unlocked the ability to have like harpoons and they've put it on the other sides of these cubes. So whilst you're getting back now, these harpoons are trying to pull you into the lava. It's like, that's pretty <laughs> smart. And it's just a really ingenious way of doing things. And this is only the first week of this game being out. So yeah, I'm excited yeah, yeah. to see what other people do. This this out this yeah, just imagine playing this and just be like, oh fuck. It, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really good. Yeah. because um, it's on yeah, yeah, it does sound interesting. everything, I think, isn't it? It's, it's on, on Xbox as well, I know that. Yeah. I assume it's on PC, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, it sounds really good. I hope it's cross play. But it's just one of those I was gonna say, is it yeah, is it cross platform? I but, yeah. don't know, yeah. But it's it's fun and I don't think we get too many of these games every so often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. for thinking outside the box, it's it's really cool and mm-hmm. um yeah, the reward is just to be able to kind of come back in, log back in and be like, cool, how can I better my base? Or mm. seeing how other people play, be like, can I do this and make it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I highly recommend if you have a PS Plus membership, mm. just to kind of jump in it and uh, probably raid my base. Be fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Mutual Maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so also I have Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Um, I've been oh, yeah. streaming that on my channel um we played for about 11 sessions i played it originally on ios about almost nine years ago so i completely forgot all of the the story but it is one of those games where as a streamer you kind of think what games can i play that i can interact with the audience Mm -hmm. with you know have time to Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. have to press a button to progress the story or the dialogue then that's perfect because you can read the chat and stuff like that but i completely forgot how balmy um the Ace, the Ace Attorney <laughs> gamers, like it's actually insane. I, I know, I know, you folks have spoken about it on on the channel, but I completely forgot how much how much drama you can have in a court mm, of law. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was, it was really fun. We played the entirety of the first game on stream, and I tried to do a voice for each character. It gets. I was going to say that would be my first, like as a streamer, that would be my first concern. Yeah. Is, do I come up with voices for everyone? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. The, 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 and that's that's a that's lot a lot of, of dialogue. I'm trying to remember it and not do like accents that aren't PC and stuff like that. Like it's <laughs> it's it's nuts. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, for any any folks who have played uh, the Ace Attorney games, I've only played the first one out of the trilogy. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's just definitely a romp. And I and I, the thing I've completely mm-hmm. forgot about it when I played the original game is original time is it's all it has a story arc across all four or five mm-hmm. episodes. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, like it's not just you. You do your investigation, then you do your court of law. It's like the, your best friend that you help in the first mis- uh, episode mm-hmm. is a recurring character, and someone mm-hmm. that helps you in the first mm-hmm. thing might not, you know, be able to, or well, they might pass away. And then it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is always in their honor. Or someone mm-hmm. who you're trying to always take down as a prosecutor ends up being someone that you might have to work with. And it's it's a lot of fun, but um, I completely forgot how out of the box some of the solutions are. And that's yeah. where yeah, it yeah. really rubbed me up the wrong way because I logic makes us who we are. Like, if something makes mm-hmm. sense, if it's this this answer, this, this evidence should counter this, and it mm. doesn't, and it's because mm. the developers have designed a very specific thing. Yeah. It, Mm. Re- it made me do a thing which I absolutely hate doing in games, and it is the save scumming. It's like you only have yeah. maybe yeah. four temp- four lives in the court of laws before you lose, you get game over. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, this doesn't make sense. I need to save it. And doing that on stream is quite embarrassing because it's like, well, this doesn't mm. make sense. And everyone's throwing kind of ideas, being like, well, use the parrot on this person. I'm like, why does that make sense? <laughs> and when you do it and you hear the music mm. kind of 
you know, die down. It's like because something epic's mm. going to happen. It's like how does that make? So anyway, because mm. you get you get stuff like that, and then the other thing you get in those games, which can be quite irritating sometimes, is that you know, like you how you have to like press for further information yes. or whatever. So then sometimes you like press for further information, but if you don't do it in the right way at the yes. right time, then you don't get a further bit of information. Mm that you need to unlock the yes. next thread mm. of, you know, of, of like, of the deduction. And it's, yeah, it is terrible. I mean, you see, I mean, I've spoken about these games a lot because I love them. Like, and also, like, when you say, like, about the threads of, like, the characters going across, yeah. like, the episodes, they go across games mm. as well. Like, in the, the second and third one, really? it's, like, recurring characters. There's recurring stories and that kind of thing. And they do, like, some of them are, like, the, I would say probably the third one in particular does a much better job in terms of, like, things being logical oh, than the, the first game does because i remember and, it was the second game that threw me off because i found mm. there were quite a few instances where yeah like you could have made like enough incorrect choices that because you can actually get like thrown out of court yeah. right i seem to remember that yeah, yeah. there's like actual game over scenarios but it was so I'd be like okay well i'll reload my save and i'll make a different choice but it was actually a previous decision that doomed me yes and then mm. but then the story kind of carries on and then allows you to think there's another choice whereas actually you're already fucked yeah. yes um so that was really frustrating um mm. but yeah i seem to remember that was just the second game i don't think the first one did that which is weird to then be like oh actually let's make this really obvious design blunder in the second one it's <laughs> strange but as i said that that does improve as it goes <laughs> on um but then, like more recently, I played the great Ace Attorney games, mm. which were the ones that were only really recent. Well, not recently, it's about a couple of years ago yeah. now. Like released that were like Japanese only releases, and then they like translated them for in- like, into English. And I, I actually, if I look back at actually, I hate <laughs> those games. And the re- the reason is is because it one of the things that I think is so good about the original trilogy, mm. and particularly the first one and probably the third one as well, is like I I still think they're they're well written mm-hmm. and the characters are brilliant and like funny and like sort of engaging and but also they have a good economy of mm. words in those games as mm-hmm. well. Like you're not you're not there's not like reams of text, you mm-hmm. know, for to explain things. Whereas with the Great Ace Attorney games, they I think they were trying to sound like because it's set in sort of a steampunk sort of Victorian England kind mm-hmm. of like setting. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying to sound like kind of like grand or like, you know, this is how we spoke in the old days. But it ends up being just ridiculously verbose, you know, where it's like it's just there's just so much text that you're just like, I, you know, you could they, they really could have just used like three words or whatever. And instead they're using like just paragraphs of text. And it just killed me because you see, I, I, I love reading story, like story in games. I love visual novels. I really, but it was just too much like in this case, but that's why, but this, this is what's really frustrating about this series. Cause like you're saying, it's like, you've got these really interesting characters. You've got like a, you know, it's funny, you know, well plotted and everything, but then the mechanics yep. of it never quite work. Mm. And it's that's what can be frustrating yeah, and, about it. And it definitely it. bursts that bubble and it reminds you it's a game. Like it's not just mm-hmm. logic where it makes sense. It's no, there is going to be there is a linear story, and for it to have mm-hmm. the twists for you as the gamer, you can't really know everything from the outset. So you know, at the start mm-hmm. of each um, episode, you probably see the murder take place, and you mm-hmm. see who the murderer is. But then. Mm-hmm. That's just the the dramatic irony of oh could it have been some could it have been something else and you've mm-hmm. seen that you're like mm-hmm. I know who the murderer is but that's not how it's played out and mm-hmm. for you not to for you to know everything would make it boring but the twists are, I mean it's 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 nuts and there is definitely mm-hmm. moments where like I don't know where this is going viewers because I mm-hmm. it's and it's <laughs> and it's there to keep the drama there but 
It doesn't make logic sense. Yeah. That's the player. Yeah. But you see, I do want. You see, I really want to play back, um, like the fourth one, like which is Apollo Justice, mm. and also the DS ones that came out. Or was it three DS? It was three three DS yeah, ones yeah. that came out. Um, but they've never they've never re released them apart from on iOS. But I think they're delisted now. Right. And they keep. They before they talked about releasing those as like an, in a collection as well, and I'd love to see if that if if I remember correctly that they kind of improved a lot of that, mm-hmm. you know, like in in later games. Because the other thing is, is like the the first one in particular that was originally a Game Boy Advance yeah, game, yeah. like and that's but we, yeah, but in, in the like, UK we we discovered it as a DS game, didn't we? Because we never got yeah, the, the and it's one. and like the the one that came out on the DS, which is the one that kind of like you know did really well, I think, like in the sense that they started to like re-release them like across. Like in the mm. UK and in America and stuff, was they they like because they also there's a fifth case in that one yes. as well that isn't in the Game Boy um, mm. version. It's um it was like tacked on at the end, and the reason is because it has like all these little features that are like yeah. DS features actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like so it had like you know like you can like touch the screen to like put like the powder down and you <laughs> wasn't know, there like yeah like, there was like bits of evidence stuff, you could like you know? rotate them and, and look at them as well. Yeah, 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 it's really cool. But I but I'd love it if they yeah I I would quite like it if they they re-release the others as well, mm. but. It's all gone very quiet. That yeah. has, so yeah. there's definitely space in the market for more of these. Like, I'm surprised there isn't an influx of detective games similar to this. But um, mm. it was lovely. I- there was that Harvey Birdman game. Was was it Harvey Birdman? There was, yeah, there was a Harvey remember. Birdman one. Um, there was also uh, <laughs> Aviary Attorney. Oh, oh, um, that's the one. Yeah. Which is yeah, which is all yeah, all birds. <laughs> well, the 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 Harvey Birdman was based on a Adult Swim yeah, cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law. I yeah, I had I had that on PSP. Was it any mm-hmm. good? I assume not. <laughs> well, the Adult Swim uh... had this really rubbish phase of like because the, there was like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force like golf game, and apparently that was shite mm. as well. Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, I th- I remember thinking it was fine. Okay. I mean, I haven't played. I've never played any of the Ace Attorney games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I completed. I don't think I completed Harvey Birdman. Mm-hmm. I think probably for the same reason why I tend to like bounce off of um, any kind of like interactive novel yeah. type mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I remember thinking it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like it was pretty funny mm-hmm. um, graphically. Like it worked really really well on PSP because mm-hmm. obviously it was like. The 50 style cartoon yeah, graphics yeah, yeah. and like it looked really great yeah. it nailed like the tone of the cartoon really really well yeah. so i think it i think it was good cool it's a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> cool. uh, so yeah so there's been a few right but nothing's quite I wonder if it's one of those genres where, like, it's just it needs to be like long enough mm. that someone can basically do something very similar, and no one's going to be like, "Oh, but you're just copying Phoenix Wright." Because if they're not making Phoenix Wright anymore, then why shouldn't someone else have a go? You know, I think I think also I really think these games are really difficult mm. to make as well yeah. because of the fact yeah. that you're you're creating, you know, because of how like intricate you know the the stories are, and they you know and, like the twists and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and making it so that it works. Mm. I think it's it must you know, and maybe the audience is quite small mm-hmm. as, as well. I think they're probably. Know, which is yeah, amazing. I mean they're probably hard to write, and they're probably very difficult to localize as well, right? Like making sure you've mm. you've translated everything in a way that like certain turns of phrase or certain words or whatever are the the clue. Yeah. Where you're like, hang on a minute, <laughs> like that must <laughs> actually be really difficult. Uh, but, yeah. I hope there's a studio out there who has 
doing a VR version of that because the, the detective <laughs> side of it makes sense. You, you know, think of the Batman mm. detective game or any kind of mm. game where you can look around. Mm. And then in all the stuff in the court of law, just the gestures, you can, you know, pull mm-hmm. up some evidence. Like it just be, it would just be one of those immersive things where like, I'm never going to hopefully be a defendant in, you know, in court. And then <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, fingers yeah. crossed yeah, just... but then be able to stand in a court of law and kind of see Mars Edgeworth on one side and a judge and then have your evidence. Mm-hmm. Hopefully someone can hear this and make our dream come true. <laughs> I mean, there was there were not, not VR, but there was also Paradise yes. Killer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's true. Again, mm-hmm. bounced off that for the, you... the same. Oh man, so yeah, good. Yeah, like, I I feel like I should probably go back mm. and. I mean, I, I get because really I know like you like make an effort. You get on with like systems heavy stuff, don't you? Like, so I can see yeah, why it was it was a little bit too much talking mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm as annoyed at myself yeah. for not getting on with that because obviously the the few song there's a few songs from the soundtrack mm. which constantly come mm. up in like my spotify unwrapped <laughs> and have ever since yeah. like the soundtrack is an absolute stone cold banger mm-hmm. like all the yep. way through um all the character design just the whole world in that it's weird and everything's just very strange and very overly designed mm. and mm-hmm. yeah it's it should be my absolute dream game but <laughs> i i mean that, that I was struggle a great to game. stick with it because it was, it was also because that that was like a game where it's like the story is what you make of it kind of thing as well, which is why yeah, really like including your it's, verdict at the end. It's like yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like how you feel about mm-hmm. it, and that's I love that. I thought that was very mm-hmm. clever. It's it a really good game, but yeah, a lot of dialogue to wade through. Which if you're not, I don't like. I think it was well written, but I I, I also generally struggle with like visual novel type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, so. like my me me bouncing off of that game is a hundred percent me mm-hmm. and not. Mm-hmm. any kind of comment about yeah. the game like mm-hmm. at all it's it's brilliant mm-hmm. and yeah i wish maybe maybe i will maybe i would make an attempt to properly stick mm-hmm. with it uh sean you got one more I, i'll keep it short and sweet it's fortnite <laughs> fortnite uh mm-hmm. zero build still the greatest things that happened to that game <laughs> is that is that still in it because it's, i've, yeah. I've I think it's a permanent feature I, now because it's brought enough yeah. people to come yes. back into it mm-hmm. i I have just nice. redownloaded it. So, so the current season, there is a uh, a Neo Tokyo like city mm. where people can go and live their fantasies of all of these holograms and alligators doing sushi. Um, it, it's fun, <laughs> um, but it's very there's a there's a very um, Eastern kind of touch to a lot of things. Um, and they replaced um, if you watched My Hero Academia, they removed the Deku kind of smash, which is an an ability that is like a almost like a Kamehameha kind of mm. wave that it's just air. It used to break the game and he was like, yep, feedback, let's change it. So instead they replaced it with katanas, which you can do a slice in the direction or you can do an alternative fire, which fires you in a direction. So you kind of do like a, a kind of a slow kind of anime kind of pose and then you dart up towards a direction, any direction that you want. And you can do three of them. So it's good for traversal. Um, mm-hmm. And it's fun. Um, yep, it's again, it's Fortnite. You get... You, you know what it is, but um, it's a fun season. Um, and is I think they're just about to start a. Oh, Attack on Titan has just started now on this fourth. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Aaron's mm. in the the sort of intro video thing. I I my thing with Fortnite is I'll uh, well I say my thing. This is recently developed. I'll just load it up like every three months. Yeah. Wonder what the fuck is going on, yeah. and then weirdly have a good time, and then not play it yeah. again for a bit. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah. It, right now it's Attack on Titan versus Mr. Beast. If that makes sense to anyone, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes it makes as much sense as Fortnite <laughs> has for the past yeah. year mm-hmm. to two mm-hmm. years. But this is what's so nice about it. Like you know, I've said before, because I've it's not like I've been there since day one, right? You know, like when like people try and get into Destiny Two now, it's fucking impossible because mm. there's so much stuff that's going on. Fortnite is equally hard to get into, but it doesn't matter because it's just such a weird mishmash of stuff that's come and gone over time that I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I've also zero investment, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, it just, just doesn't matter. So, yeah, I'm all right with it. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I'm very cognizant of the time, so I will just say <laughs> for, for people to go and watch it if you haven't already, but watch the, uh, from the State of Unreal, the entire oh, yeah. section on the uh Un- unreal engine mm. for Fortnite, mm-hmm. um because that shit is wild and i yeah there's gonna be yeah. there's gonna be some mad stuff coming out mm-hmm. of that and everything epic's doing around how they're um not necessarily monetizing mm. it but whatever the phrases for how much like revenue share they're giving to yeah, creators yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff and the fact that anything you make in it you fully own especially if you compare that to like Roblox yeah. and how mm. scummy that mm-hmm. is like yeah is 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 mind-blowing what could possibly start coming out mm-hmm. of that and also how it makes it so easy for you know you kids can start making stuff in Fortnite creative mode and then as they get older progress into unreal engine for Fortnite, and then from there progress the thing, into isn't it? Because unreal he... engine 5 which yeah. is free yeah. like it's because like ro- like yeah. i know like roblox like yeah there, there are like dev teams who make roblox stuff but yeah like the fact that yeah you could get involved with unreal stuff and that's the the thin end of the wedge that is an actual industry standard game engine like mm. that's yeah that's really interesting yeah. um cool james and do yours yeah um <laughs> I've got a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fire Emblem Engage, I went back oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because this was a game that I kind of I bounced off for quite a long time. We, yeah, we we, we all had weird feelings about the opening sort of five hours, didn't we? And it seemed like a yeah. brilliant strategy game, but the story stuff made us all feel a bit icky. Yeah, yeah. and that follows through right oh, through to the end. Um, <laughs> because this this is the thing about it though: the tactical stuff yeah. in this game is absolutely superb, mm-hmm. and it's. Very, very engaging, particularly towards the end, because what they try and do is they they mix a lot of the the maps up so that then there are like these constraints that force you to have to use different strategies mm-hmm. as well uh, to get through. Which I usually I hate that kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, like when you're being sort of forced down a, a sort of a yeah. path. But it really works in this mm-hmm. because of how like diverse all the emblems are mm-hmm. and how you can like you know work things together and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that, and mostly because it felt like the kind of puzzle that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know that you know like looking at the map and thinking how this could possibly play out and then maybe if you try something like a bit um you know if you you 
if you sort of uh, you know sort of take a risk mm. you know that you sometimes you can really pay mm. off and you can like finish something really quickly mm. like more than you're expecting to so it's brilliant for that it's absolutely mm. brilliant but as we said before and i can say this now because i played the entire thing this has the worst characters and story in the game i think i've ever played like it's it's like it's incredibly bad it's just like, such a shame absolutely terrible i know like awakening was a long time ago now mm. but i was i was late to it and but when i did play it like i really fucking enjoyed it and i love so many of the characters like it's not a yeah. good story but it's just an interesting scenario mm-hmm. and i liked the people in it mm. um and it just feels like they've never really recaptured that since. No. I mean, I despised all of the characters <laughs> in this. Like, absolutely. Like, they were... It was just... They were absolutely terrible. I mean, I ended up skipping everything. Mm-hmm. Like, by the by the time I was in the sort of the back sort of one third of the game, I was like, okay, I'm done with even trying to engage with this because it's just awful. Like, the voice acting, just the... I it I may maybe if it was if I'd said it's Japanese, maybe it would sound better. Mm-hmm. But the voice acting in the English version I thought was was mm-hmm. shocking. And just I mean, just the characters are just so like there's just nothing to them. <laughs> They're not interesting. The story just makes no sense whatsoever, apart from the fact that they've just they've done this obviously because they wanted to bring back all the characters from the previous games mm-hmm. and they wanted to bring them together together so that you could then have these sort of like interesting like tactical battles. Mm-hmm. You could just done that and just don't bother with trying to like craft this story around mm. it because it's dreadful. Mm. Um, but as I said, tactically, there's a, an incredibly good game here and I would recommend it on that alone. Mm. Like I would say it's definitely still worth playing. It's just skip all the, the cutscenes. Don't, I mean, don't bother. Yeah, just don't bother with the characters. <laughs> They're awful. Like awful, <laughs> like really awful. And it's just... It was embarrassing. Mm. Like they, it was embarrassingly like you know to like mm. to play it. Like you know just the, the way the characters are behaving and stuff, and oh, just the terrible acting. But anyway, but apart from that, apart from really that's good great. game. Right, cool. like the, 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 the mechanics very good. But the other thing that I played and finished last mm. week was um, was Chia. Oh yeah. Um, so I fin- I played this as well, and I know that Matt's played mm. it. I know David's played it, and that you've played. If you played, I, it I haven't stronger. this week. I haven't had time, but I do want. So I played it and I finished mm. it, and I have no idea what David is on about <laughs> with this game. Absolutely no idea. Mm. I don't know why he's taken against it so much. It doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. to me because the okay. So first of all, the combat is very simple. Mm. Like it's not difficult at mm. all. And he kept going on about those factory mm. bits. It's really easy. You just go in there and then you just like possess like a bit of fire or mm. whatever. Just torch everyone. It's done. <laughs> it's and it's it's not difficult mm. at all. And I because then also he was complaining about like oh you know I I didn't you know I had to go to the bit with the the factory stacks and I didn't know what to do. It's like the game tells you what to do. <laughs> it says you need to go to this factory, this factory, this factory, mm. and then. You then you know block up the the uh, you know the, the chimneys mm-hmm. and that's it mm-hmm. you're done and it's it's not complicated at all and the exploring fantastic mm-hmm. and I I never felt limited either by the game in terms of like possessing animals and being able to like fly around I mean I'm not sure it would have worked if the, if you were able to fly like the entire map as like a bird or whatever because it would totally break the yeah. game because like one of, one of the things that you can do with this is 
I remember, like, for, for, like, destroying the, um, you know, the chimneys, the solution that I came up with, can I spoil this? Does it matter? Yeah, yeah, go on. Then. I don't think... I think, yeah, if it's a solution well, like, to a know, puzzle, I think that's okay. It's not... A- I mean, you could just do stuff like, like, uh, you know, you you pick up some, like, the dynamite and you put it in your pack mm. or whatever, morph into a bird, mm. fly up to the top and then just chuck it in there. <laughs> you don't have to bother with all the other stuff. Yeah. It's... I don't know, I'm baffled. I'm absolutely baffled as to why... This was like such a terrible experience mm. for David. I really don't don't mm. get it. But then, I don't know. Maybe he just I don't know. Maybe he was having a bad day <laughs> or something, and he just didn't want to engage with it. I yeah. just don't. I just don't get it at all. Um, but even even stuff like the story, I thought the story was not mm. bad. Yeah, I thought it was reasonably enjoyable. I know some people like had problems with like the darker side of like mm. the storytelling, like from in places. But then sometimes I think back to some of the stuff when we were kids that you had, like you know, some of those stories were also pretty. I did dark, think that, like, you know, yeah. Like when you when you look at like yeah sort of old children's stories that mm. sort of sort of persisted yeah all sorts of grim shit in them that you just and and the thing is is if this is also I I don't know because I've not researched this but whether this is based on any sort of stories that were from the developers you know from you know from the islands that they were they were working yeah. from because they do sort that's, of explain at the start don't they that yeah none of none of it's like an exact yeah. you know it's not a documentary yeah. but it's it's mm-hmm. inspired by New Caledonia. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it it would make sense if there were bits of of you know real folklore in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's. I mean, also it, it looks fantastic as well. Yeah. I mean, I played it. I think when the patch had dropped, so that you could play it in performance mode, right. and it's over sixty mm-hmm. frames, and it it felt really nice to mm-hmm. play. I just had a great time mm-hmm. with this. You know, I, I played it over a weekend, like pretty much, and just really enjoyed it. It was brilliant. Cool. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm sure David will tell me I'm wrong, but I I thought it was good. I, I mean, was a I, game. I think I think I speak for all of us when I say that. Please put this in your game <laughs> <of> picks, please. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's yeah, it's it's good. But the other thing that I played, this is the last thing I played, which I've been playing over the last over this weekend, like over the bank holiday, is I've gone back to Yakuza Five mm-hmm. because this is the only one of the series of the original sort of like series that was on, out on like PS3 and everything that I haven't finished. And I've bought um Ishin, you know, the the more recent one, which was the remake mm. of the uh you know the you know going back into Japan's past mm. one. But I haven't played it yet. And it's because I wanted to finish this because I just wanted to put an end, you know, to, to this mm-hmm. series and in the in a good way. And so I started it last year and I played it for quite a while and then I kind of stopped. And I went back to it on Friday and I kind of had to force my way back in because it's very you know how these you've played a bit of these games, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you played you know how it's like kind of it obviously it's very dialogue heavy and you you have to be I have to be in the right mood to play yeah. these, you know, to feel like I want to mm-hmm. engage. And I managed to force my way back in and now I'm completely hooked again. And I've been I mean, I want to be playing it right mm-hmm. now. Like honestly, mm-hmm. because it's I've been playing it like loads today, and it's <laughs> it's so good. Mostly because this time around, as with Yakuza Four, this one is split into different characters. So you play as like you know different different protagonists right throughout the game over different mm-hmm. chapters. But the difference this time is that also you play as Haruka, who's the um daughter, like adopted daughter of mm-hmm. Kiryu in this. And so when you play as her, you're thinking, okay, well, how's this going to work? Because <laughs> All the other characters are basically you go around beating people up. This character's probably not going to do that. It's a little girl instead. So instead, it basically becomes a rhythm action game. Right, okay. And it's it's a rhythm action game for hours and hours and hours of doing like because basically what it is is the character she wants to become an idol like a you know like one of the like 
you know, the one of these, you know, like stars like in Japan. And so you're basically like just performing songs, doing dances and all this kind of thing. Asher came in like while I was playing it and he was like, What on earth are you playing? Because like, it was like all this like girls like dancing in the background, like the whole thing. It was pretty fun. But it was a really nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Mostly also because you can walk around the town without anybody jumping you every five seconds. Because yeah, you know, there's yeah, no yeah, like yeah. fighting yeah. mechanics at all. So you don't have to do that. And I mean some of I mean also, it does, I would say, a reasonably good job of like showing like sort of the not the yeah the, the seedier side of all of this of like this idea of being idols and like how it's kind of mm-hmm. gross like the whole thing is kind of horrible like you have to do these like handshake events you know where you have to like shake hands with fans mm-hmm. and stuff and like Rachel saw it and she was like where's the hand sanitizer <laughs> like she was like she was like I wouldn't be doing that that's like you know, whatever but it's it's yeah it's it's still an interesting uh, yeah it's it's interesting uh, way way to mm-hmm. play and I've just moved back onto somebody who's kicking and punching people mm-hmm. again so that's good and uh, but yeah but I'm really really enjoying it and I'm looking to see where mm-hmm. it's going because it also it's set in more diverse locations than most of the other Yaku oh right so it's not just played, in you know so um, it's not just in Kamurucho yeah. it's it's also in um, yeah it's like in Osaka mm-hmm. and there's also a whole section which is up a mountain oh, wow. which is pretty cool yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, which is which is nice. really good so yeah it's it's very I'm very much enjoying mm-hmm. it and I'm glad that I've Force my way back mm-hmm. into it again, but um, yeah, hopefully be finished by the next time I'm on here. Um, cool. But yeah, it's good. A uh, couple of relatively short ones from me. Um, I've been playing Shield Made MX. Um, full disclosure: this is by a well, friends probably pushing it, but it's uh, <laughs> uh, Mikhail Croder. Um, he's part of Kane and Rince. Um, I think I've done shows with him. I can't remember if he's one of those voices that I've just heard on enough episodes that I've assumed I know him. Um, but he uh, very kindly sent us codes for this. Um, so he's worked on this with a, a friend of his. Um, I should say, if we were, if I was being like a corrupt, I'm just going to recommend this game because he's a mate. I would have done that when it was originally released on itch. Um, but it's now had a Steam release. Um, and uh, I absolutely love it. Um, it's... It's 2D shooter, shoot them up. Um, your spaceship shooting other spaceships, blowing them up. I think there's a story. There's it's an alien invasion, something. Not really sure. Um, but it's. I mean, I'm not much like uh, 2D shoot 'em ups are something I've always sort of admired. Um, I've never been particularly good at them. Um, but I, I can usually tell a good one when I play it. Um, it's just really interesting because it's. It's a shoot 'em up where most of the time you are trying to get shot, right? So your your spaceship has this this shield, so that when you when an enemy shot touches you, your shield activates and absorbs all enemy shots, right, for like a limited amount of time. But then you, but once it's activated, it starts to drain immediately. Um, and the way you keep it going is by killing enemies. Hmm. And that sort of recharges it. And that also charges your... You have like an EX ability, right? Which is your big like screen clearing. Depends which ship you choose. One has like a big laser. One has loads of homing rockets, whatever. Um, but it's... Yeah, so you it then becomes this game of like... So you, you're trying to find a shot to pick up. And then that charges your shield. And you're like, right, brilliant. And then you are managing killing enemies, but also wanting to get shot by them. So... If you don't kill enough enemies, you lose the shield and then you go into danger mode, which is where you can actually die really easily from enemy shots for like 20 seconds or something. Um, So you don't want to let that happen. But also, if you just kill every enemy as soon as it appears on the screen, the enemies won't have any time to shoot at you. 
So you've got no shots to absorb, right? And as you absorb the shots, that improves your like main weapon and like powers you up, right? So it then becomes this constant sort of managing your shield bar and the enemies on the screen and the things they're shooting at you. Um, and I just, yeah, it's just absolutely fascinating and really, really good fun. Um, it's like there's other stuff that can kill you instantly so there's like there's rockets which will always be lethal um there's you know like if you crash into any enemies that will kill you so there's like there's plenty of stuff to look out for but like on the face of it yeah you just like you look when it's like teaching you how to play and it's like okay so you get shot by an enemy and that activates your shield and you're just like what <laughs> sorry what i didn't <laughs> um i just yeah i found it absolutely fascinating and really good fun to play it like eases you in really well um in that there's like there's like a bunch of different modes they all broadly play out the same way they're all like a 2d shooter but there's like you know there's a tutorial where it explains everything and then there's like a a mode where it's like this is the game but it's kind of easier there's not so many enemies um and then you unlock like a third mode where it's like this is this is it this is the game this is like the primary um you know sort of competitive mode like score chasing and stuff and then there's like another mode where there's there's like a, a different ship that does loads of weird and wonderful stuff but that's like a that's like a one life mode so as soon as you die that's it um it's yeah it's really good really really good fun um like it it looks amazing like it's just a proper ridiculous like laser show um stuff blowing up constantly the soundtrack's wicked um i yeah i'm properly taken with it um like there's i mean if i had to criticize it um from what i've seen so far there's not like a huge amount of variation level to level like most of the bosses i've seen are kind of the same that might be me not perceiving the nuances properly um but on the face of it it's like oh it's it's that boss again um like quite a bit but um yeah so it's out on steam and i believe console ports are in the work um for later this year um yeah i've really really enjoyed it um the other thing i've been playing is the resident evil 4 remake um so i'm now i'm on the lake bit but you know when you you're on the boat and you and you like i think that was in the original this is the it was because this is the weird experience i'm having of of this is that i played the original on when the wii version came out but i don't remember it well enough to be like ah that's different oh they didn't do that last time and kind of like i i assume this is all exactly as it was before i don't really i I saw a comparison video the boat bit is different in this because in the original one it is just that sequence Whereas I believe, because mm-hmm. I haven't played his remake, you have a bit more free roaming mm-hmm. and different islands or places to get off. Yes. So that yes, wasn't in the yeah. original. That's all I've been. Right. Cool. Um, yeah. It's so good. It's still so good. Um, like, and you know, like not really liking the other Resident Evil games, not their fault. It's totally mine. Um, and like knowing that the remakes like did a lot for like Resident Evil 2 and 3 and like changed them quite a lot. This like i don't think had to do as much but it's so on one hand it's kind of it's really impressive that they've remade it so faithfully and yes they've they've changed a few things that are cool and interesting but also like it must have been quite daunting right to like remake resident evil 4 because that's one that people will, would still revisit and be like no this is still like one of the best action games ever made or you know action slash horror games um so yeah it's just super impressive and i'm having a really good time with it and, and again like i've said this before but to emphasize like i can't do horror stuff i can't do scary stuff this is just a really good action game that looks like a horror game as far as i'm concerned like you know when you reach that like i think it's the i think it's the third chapter when you're doing the like stuff and it's proper like it it feels like 
like you're settling into it, mm. which I mm. it's not a feeling I would associate with horror games. It's like yeah, you know, like there's the very tense stuff with the village at the start and everything, but there's this this section where it's like yeah, you've kind of found your feet now. We're gonna let you explore. You know, you can st- like you start. You know, you're doing all these like weird extra objectives. Like you know, it's this like ostensibly scary game, but then you get notes saying like I want a golden egg, and I'm not gonna tell you what for, and you'll. <laughs> And you'll get some <laughs> special gems if you sell the golden egg. See, that's the thing. It's, it's just silly. It's just not as sinister. Yeah. It's not as sinister yeah. as the mm-hmm. other like Resident mm-hmm. Evil games. Is why it's like it's an action yeah. game basically. Yeah. It's uh, and that's why I mean I I enjoyed four when it first came out. Um, I remember playing. I played it on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't dig it as much as I think a lot of people mm-hmm. did because I kind of I, I was kind of sad that they like left mm-hmm. some of the the more sort of sinister sides mm. of uh, Resident Evil behind. Mm. And that's why, like, with like Resident Evil 5 and Re- Resident Evil mm. 6, I think it went even further, like, in the sort of the action yeah. direction yeah, yeah. and was never so happy mm. with that. But then, you know, with 7, mm. it was brilliant again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I haven't played that much of it. I gather some of the really silly stuff from, like, towards the end has just been, like, taken out which is weird um but the general tone of it still like stays on that really weird line between being a horror game and just being really stupid and i love it it's, um, and i'm like and i'm like way more into because i know we talked about last week like inel was saying like oh my god like restart it on normal difficulty which i have done um because i did feel that easy difficulty was like too easy and was it meant i didn't have to conserve ammo or give a shit particularly whereas now i'm like i'm always making sure i like go for the headshot run in for the roundhouse kick and then back away again and um like all that stuff yeah so good. um yeah, Resident Evil 4, good game, turns out. Um, <laughs> right, a quick couple of questions. If you want to send us a question, go to tcgs.co forward slash dear tcgs. Phil Walters says, at 3pm on Sunday, April the 23rd, the UK government will test their new emergency alert system by sending a message to almost all mobile phones in the country. If you could send a message to every phone in the UK, what would it be and why? It's simple, yeah. isn't it? Please stop voting <laughs> Tories. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then people See, will be like, oh, I'm, it's a psyop. I'm not doing it. I'm going to vote Tory. Also, also, I had the exact same mm-hmm. thought, and it's like, who do you vote for instead? <laughs> Anybody but not the Tories. <laughs> I mean, we're we, we, you know, generously assuming everyone's going to like pay attention to what the message says. Yeah, Would true. you not plug the podcast, yeah. James? No? no. Okay. It's not as important. Just, it's not as don't, important. Don't, just direct them specifically to like the merch store. Buy a t-shirt, <laughs> tcgs.co forward slash store, I think it is, or shop. I can't remember. Sorry, yeah. Matt. Um, or, or just a, yeah, don't vote Tory, then in brackets, www.patreon.com slash tcgs.co, whatever, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll do something quite I don't quite lovely. Um, there'll be like something like, yeah. don't underestimate how easy it is to make someone's day. You know, just something nice to make people <laughs> treat people nice because... You know, this world needs yeah. things like that, but I don't know how that will come across <laughs> to some folks. I was going to say, like, to, but to, yeah, people will be people will reject that for being too nice, wouldn't they? Yeah. It needs to be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll do vote for Tory as well then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just like you know, give them a heads up, like what's coming out on Game Pass this week. <laughs> So mm. I, I know it's it'll just, you know, text is like, look, I know it's looking a bit sparse, but Red Falls soon, so don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> um, Maria Mendieta 
says, Dear TCGS Cocaine Bears, last week's episode had a slightly aeronautic flavour to it with talk of unreliable pilots and your hilarious discussion of Ace Combat 7. With virtual reality offering increasingly immersive experiences of flying, what do you think will be the next big leap when it comes to controlling flight mechanics in games? I personally hope for a bat <laughs> VR simulator capable of detecting subtle finger movements in order to make real-time changes to the wing membrane shape. Oh. Keep up the brilliant work. <laughs> I mean, this is the this is, is the uh, elastic member coming it back is. together. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the thing with a, a VR bat simulator, bats can't really see. Mm. But then I suppose it, you could do the. Oh my god, you could actually. Sorry, I'm just thinking. So you could do a VR a VR bat, and this is nothing to do with flights. This is just how you know how because obviously they use like sonar, right? And I don't know if you're aware, people can actually learn to do sonar, right? You can make clicking noises with your mouth, and with enough training, you can like broadly like perceive the environment around you by listening to how the click sounds um so you can do that right you do the you have a bat simulator where you've got a vr headset on and you're doing the clicking noises and it's make it and in your ears it sounds different depending on the environment in the game so it's a vr sim, like a vr game where you don't actually see anything but it's just a microphone and some positional headphones that could work i mean you uh dead daredevil had you you got to see physically where things were but yes. just the audio yeah alone will be yeah. good that reminds me of a game yeah. that came out called uh, the veil as a vr game but there's no visuals mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. 3d audio and is actual combat okay. in it as well so you can parry oh, wow. and dodge um have a look for it yeah it's just completely yeah, sounds cool sounds terrible. <laughs> but it's like a world exploration and you can just walk around i'm not plugging it but i'm just saying there is a game that is just mm-hmm. audio only um mm-hmm. see i've only just realized because obviously i saw this question on the mm. dot a good few hours mm. ago and i was like why 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 fingers <laughs> and the membrane and then i realized that bats wings just their big long fingers yeah. and it's only just clicked with me that that yeah yeah the only bit the bat actually has so control over is just the yeah like the arms and the wing is just a big leathery flap i was, I was just yeah. thinking for my answer for this rather than going straight into the flight bit it would if it's like planes, like have a have mm. a VR game that's about the pre-stress flight that we have all at, at, at the airports. You know, checking for your passport. <laughs> you know, making sure you're at the gate in time. You know, making sure that your family's there. Put that in VR. That's that's something that we can all relate to. I would hate that. that. Sounds... That's, that's just an anxiety dream to me. I, yeah, that's, a for it, that, that's a, <laughs> no. That sounds like the actually no wait. I I never have stressful times at the airport just because mm. I turn up like. Four hours oh, earlier geez. than I'm supposed to. Yeah, wow. And with like because... multiple copies of all that. I... God, that'd be the the final level. Would be yeah, like peak COVID <laughs> air travel. Where you've got like all the documents and you've got to have all your tests organised oh, and stuff. Jeez. See, See I, I did thought... that once. I turned up like about. I was about four hours early for my flight, mm-hmm. and I wow. still nearly missed it because I was playing on my Vita. <laughs> <laughs> What an advert. What game are you playing? Do you remember? I'm oh, playing Killzone. Killzone? <laughs> it's, it's not even that hell. good. Uh, <laughs> I had to run. <laughs> it was horrible. See, Amazing. when when uh, Sean, when you were saying about um, like a pre-flight, mm. I thought you were going to say like be in one of the, uh, the flight oh, yeah. people with the sticks. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, doing semaphore. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That could be fun. 
God, and if you just misdirected entire planes and they just fucking oh, crashes. <laughs> It's oh, like, oh no, whoops. Because no, there's, there's that, that guy. <laughs> there's a guy who is, I, he's either a pilot mm. or he's, he's either a pilot or he's like air traffic control. Mm. Like that's his actual job. Mm. And he goes into like multiplayer flight sim games mm. and will talk to other people. He will oh, basically go up right. in like the air traffic yeah. um, tower mm. and he'll basically talk to people using oh, all wow. the exact... Mm like mm-hmm. terminology and everything mm-hmm. but obviously people mess with him yep. and don't take it seriously and mess around mm-hmm. and he'll adapt to that as well and right. it's <laughs> it's brilliant it's so funny <laughs> i can't remember i can't remember the channel i can't remember the guy's name mm. you can probably find it on youtube like if you search for like air traffic control flight sim yeah. funny something like that you'll probably be able to find it but yeah they're really really good <laughs> Cool. Uh, last questions from MD Krabuffs. Is there any product that you couldn't live without? Cheese. Cheese <laughs> <laughs> a product. I mean, the, the boring answer is phone, right? Mm. <laughs> like, I, I, I hate it, but also I genuinely don't know how I would manage day to day without one at this point. And not in like a, oh, I, I need to check Twitter all the time. I mean, just like in terms of general logistics and being in touch with people. Um, don't see. see how... I don't hate it. I fucking love it. <laughs> what I think it's. <laughs> I remember I mean, what the world was like before swipe phone. It was shit. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm on, on Twitter less, mm. it's a much better relationship with, with my phone than I used to have, I think. Um, mm. But then I'm just spending more time on Instagram instead. Marginally less toxic. Those reels, they get you, don't they? <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> um, I mean, fa- Facebook Facebook reels are... So you obviously have, like, TikTok. Mm. It's good good stuff mm-hmm. and then instagram is is worse instagram worse, worse. Well, I'm mostly regurgitated and, tiktok stuff but yeah, yeah. and then yeah <laughs> but then facebook is a whole it's unhinged another isn't it? lower tier of garbage the they fucking, are they are dreadful the amount of yeah like stuff like i mean i don't go on facebook very often these days but like yeah when you see like the, the amount of videos that are like wait till the end <laughs> and you fucking do and you're just like why why did nothing happened why especially because they're like 10 minutes long as well oh, they're yeah, always yeah, like yeah. 10 yeah. minutes and it's like <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be that really um, boring person but the manelian manelial and me is gonna say my air fryer like i was using it before it was cool in fairness <laughs> And if you've moved home and not had a microwave and a kettle and all these things, and prior mm-hmm. to COVID, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. I, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people just mm-hmm. use it as a meme now, but air fryers are good. Air fryers are really good. Are. Air fryers are really it's, good. My biggest regret is that I didn't no. buy a bigger one. Um, <laughs> because it's, seriously, it's like, the one we've got is fine. Like, mm. it's all right. But I wish I'd, do you know, Sean, mm. when we first talked about this, you talked about having one with like the two. Two trays. You know, yeah, yeah, a two yeah, tray yeah. one. I was thinking that, that would be quite nice, actually. Yeah. We never yeah. use the oven anymore because it's rubbish. <laughs> and it's, so it's just. <laughs> Something about reheating pizza in an air fryer. It's just. In two minutes. Have you made a made a grilled to, cheese sandwich in an air fryer? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It, it's like you've deep fried it. But you yeah. haven't. It's fine. Probably fine. <laughs> I can <laughs> fit a whole chicken in mine and it will cook it within 15 oh, nice. minutes. Wow. Properly, by the way. Not just in. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. I think that's us. James, you're going to do the socials? Oh, crap. I forgot about this. <laughs> okay. Every time. No, because I forgot. I forgot. 
I genuinely forgot this time that this was happening. I mean, I'll, um, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. I'm not, I'm not streaming this week. That's one well, thing. Well, I'm not can... streaming either. Oh, well, there I'm we go. Here, no so... streams this week. But if we were streaming, um, <laughs> then you could subscribe to our channel if you have Twitch Prime Gaming, because we'd appreciate that. Um, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com. Is it, is it TCGS or is it TCGS code? It's TCGS. It's at the top of the, <laughs> right. uh, the document. Right. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Sorry, yes. <laughs> uh, then it's patreon.com slash TCGS. Mm-hmm. And then tcgs.co for everything else. Thank you. I was, I was, I was all right. Yeah. Actually, that wasn't that wasn't too bad. Um, late, isn't it? It is late. To be <laughs> sorry, yeah, it really is late. This has been a long one. I was like, until I saw the list of everyone's games, I was like, ah, it'd probably be a short one tonight, actually. And then it's, yeah. But it's been lovely, Sean and Sarah. Thank you so much for joining. Thank, thank you. You're very thank you. It is much appreciated. So next week, so James and Dave are back. I'm back. James is away again. Can't remember if we've talked about getting a guest or not, but <laughs> you'll find out in a week's time. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening and um, thanks for letting us be natural. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.